You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Alrighty, alrighty. Where are we? We're here. We're, we're started. Here. We're here. We're started. We're started. It's we're February. started the best we're sentence started. in the entire world. <laughs> Look, I've been writing all fucking day. Uh, and I haven't. I just am, you know, here. <laughs> and I've started. Anything new going on here? Is there any? We're going to a convention next week. Yeah. We're going for the day. We're staying on the strip. I'm sad because I'm not at Katsu. I yeah. should be at KatsuCon right now. I'm sad, but it's okay. That's why we're... Trying to legit do something next week. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. We have a nice fancy hotel room. Yeah. So. We're saying that. The, the Luxor. Luxor. Another one we can I looked up the like. Luxor and one of the things that came up was the Luxor curse. And I was like, <laughs> I'll read about you later. <laughs> uh, apparently, if it was ever like... Apocalypse in Armageddon, the Luxor is one of the better places to stay. Really? Because it, since it's built like a triangle, it has a better chance of like staying standing. Oh, okay. Because it's a triangle. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah. yeah. And well, if you are in a pyramid, you are going to be cursed. That's the rule. I mean, it's, it's a cursed shape. It's the same thing if you go to the Louvre, there's a pyramid there. If you go through that pyramid, you're immediately cursed. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You have to kiss a bunch I, of black cats on the I, head to be uncursed. Oh, let's go. Yeah. <laughs> I know, right? Like, Such a hardship, kissing black cats like, on the Kitty. head. And they're like, no. <laughs> so, um, we are drinking Truly Extra. Is this a new flavor for us? No. Okay, just kidding. There's two flavors of Truly Extra, but the other is some kind of like blackberry and I'm like, no, we won't like that one. Mm-hmm. So this is the one that we drink every time we drink. It's yes. really extra. Okay. Martha said something the other day. We were drinking Trulies. <laughs> she said something and she was like, it was, <laughs> and it was because we were drinking and she was like, truly. And I was like, literally. <laughs> <laughs> Just picked up her cup, like advertising, not cup, can. It's a can. But, <laughs> and this is not a paid advertisement. Yeah. <laughs> we were not being paid. But I wish somebody would fucking pay truly, us. Truly, please pay us in alcohol. Yeah. You Send are us like two boxes come on. a month. You're a Sam's company. We are from Boston. Represent us. Represent us. Represent in general. Mm, yeah. Support us. Boston people, us. even though we live in Vegas. Whatever. But that's fine. Support us. Anyways, we are drinking truly extra because we will probably be a little extra today and have mm-hmm. extra feelings. Yeah. So we went. We went for it. We went for. We the went extra. for it. Yes. <laughs> All right, we are late for Valentine's Day. Say, so, of course, literally the day <laughs> after Valentine's Day, I woke up and was like, you know, it would be a really good idea for a podcast for Valentine's Day that is late now. <laughs> so it might be a week or two late, but whatever. We don't celebrate Valentine's Day. What do we care? Yeah. Well, I did. I forgot what you did last year on Valentine's Day, but I did uh, Kazuya and Jun. Right. Mm, I don't. I don't think you did anything special. I think I pulled it out, and you were like, "Missed opportunity." Yeah, yeah that sounds like that sounds about right. <laughs> but so, yeah, Martha 
had the idea to do a couple of um, couples that we really like. And yeah. then I had the idea to add on to her idea to pick a couple from different um, genres of nerd. So those genres are mm-hmm. comics, uh, anime, mm-hmm. video games, mm-hmm. and just other, other nerd, other. Yes, exactly. I think I literally listed it as other when I was typing. I'm, say, it out. I'm pretty sure mine is in here as other. Yeah, I realized as I picked my comic one, which was the easiest one to pick. And then I actually picked my other one pretty quickly, too. And then I realized I had never played a video game or watched an anime ever in my life, ever. Yeah. <laughs> so the that was a fun time. Fun part about that was Brittany was like, I've never played a video game. And I was like, I've played three video games in my life. Two of them are Pokemon Snap. And I still figured out what I was going to do. <laughs> It was a hard choice because honestly, like most of the time when I like video games, like I, there are couples I like in them, but I'm like, I like the video games for like either specific characters or like plots or character designs. Usually it's not like, that's not what you're about. Couple that is like really pierced my soul, Mm. but I got one. It's okay. I figured it out. (laughs) So I figure how we can do this. Uh Uh-huh. Well, you're going first. I'm going first. And you can also, we don't have to do it in any order, so you can pick which where you want to start. Oh, God. And you'll go first. And then you'll always go first with the topic, because that's how we'll, we'll roll. But yeah. you can pick, and then I can pick, and then you can pick, and then whatever's left is at the end there. Okay. Okay? I guess that so works. So we'll always have counterparts. Yeah. Sure. Okay? That works? Yes. All right, all right. So that's what we're doing. Uh, I guess we'll introduce ourselves yes. first, though, because we're there. We're yeah, it's at like, that oh, point shit, did we in do that? Our, no, we didn't. Nope. So here we go. Oh, oh my God, I like forgot how to do it. <laughs> you can't forget. No, it's okay. I got it. I got it. I got part. it. I forget. I know. I'm Brittany Petrino. I'm Martha Bartlett. And this is But, but first, first, Let's Talk, talk Nerdy. Clank. It's kind of a clink. It is kind of a like a clinky clonk. Clank. With a okay. B, okay. Which is kind of in between. I like, I like, a, I like a clank. We can go with the clank. Okay. Yeah, clonks are like the really big mm-hmm. cans. And a clink is just... This is a normal can. Yeah, a clank. Okay, we'll go with it. All right. I go with it. Okay, okay. All right. Good, good, good. I'm glad we've established <laughs> our noises. Our, our noise Our onomatopoeia yeah. for cans. Yep. Our can cannon. Um, All right, okay, where okay. do you want to go first? Let's see. Um, Noah will also be good about this one, just to interrupt us quickly, since mm-hmm. we're going every other, every mm-hmm. other. There's not going to be just, like, me being hammered by the end of it. That's true. <laughs> we'll just both be hammered. We'll just both be hammered. <laughs> Alrighty. Um, I guess I'll go with other because I okay. have I think the least stuff yeah I the least stuff for us. my yeah. other two I wrote last so it is probably the most you could clearly tell I was done writing no that's point. fair <laughs> all right who is your other so my other couple my couple in the other category all the other nerd stuff mm-hmm. is Gomez and Morticia Adams Aww. right that's a good one. I it's thought it was so a really good one. Oh, I'm really excited <laughs> to hear what yours is, though. Ooh. I feel like explaining what 
the Adams family is. Yeah, so I so explain silly. a little bit on some yeah. of them, even though some of them are so, like, if you don't know, you live under a rock, but so, it's okay. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, you know what the Adams family is. It's a uh, satirical, blah, 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 blah. Um, I'll snap because Martha can't. Fuck you. Fuck you. But yeah, it was an old TV series. It was some movies. It was way more video games than I had ever known. When I looked at the Wikipedia, I was like, what? You know, a bunch of them were like pinball. But like, Gomez and Morticia Adams have like the ultimate fucking goals relationship. Yeah, they fucking I love... One of my favorite tropes is to have two, like, very strange people kind of, like, living their little slice of life. Their little strange slice of life. Yeah. I, I love that shit. It makes me feel so good. Yeah. I don't know. And um, that's very much what the Adamses are about. They're, you know, doing their own thing. They have probably one of the best fictional relationships out there Mm -hmm. in spite of the fact that they live in like a horror show. Yeah. If you take any of that sort of stuff seriously, I don't know. They're very open-minded. They have a loving relationship. They're really good with their kids. Gomez really loves to get into everything good for adventure. He's incredibly like enthusiastic about everything. And Morticia is just confident and intelligent and head bitch in charge. They can stay completely themselves, but they also don't ever put anybody else down for not being a big weirdo. Ugh. And they also 100% support each other. Yes. I thought, no matter what weird mm-hmm. endeavor. I was going to say they're incredibly supportive mm-hmm. of each other. Um, you know that they like are having incredible sex. Mm-hmm. You know that's true. And freaky uh-huh. sex. Mm-hmm. Uh, and oh, it's, it's consensual, do yeah. you bang? One of the things that I, when I was like reading about stuff like this, and I was like, what are we looking for? It's like because they're incredibly passionate, and it seems like their relationship never got old. They never yeah. settled into it. It's like every day is like honeymoon. They're yeah. just always in that honeymoon. honeymoon phase. You're like still the most incredible person. Both of them still dress up for each other. Like, you know, it's like good, good shit. So, Morticia and Gomez are my my other couple. Mm. <laughs> that's it. That's <laughs> nice that's, and quick. That's pretty much nice it. Nice and quick. It's true. I have a lot more. It on is true. But I was yeah. like, what do I, I even was gonna say? It's true to the fact. If you know who yeah. who they are, you know and why. You do. Yeah. Because they are goals. Mm-hmm. All right, you ready Both for mine? For I don't even want to follow with this now. Ooh, I'm so excited. Oh my god, because <laughs> it is opposite of goals. Oh no. Well, that's wonderful. <laughs> that is part of the reason we're here. So, my other couple. Also, I found all of the ship names for mine. So. Oh, I have no idea. Shame I on you for not Googling. Hold on. Uh, I'll Google it right now. Yeah. If there is a ship name. Well, to be honest, like, even the ones that I, like, should know the ship name, I'm like, uh, is there a ship name? I don't know. I don't know. Mormons. Yeah, they don't have a ship name yeah. because they're just married. There. Yep. <laughs> Before ship and canon became mm-hmm. a, a phrase. All right. So my uh, other. Mm-hmm. So okay. Before we go on, we'll say we did try to stick with like can actual canon yeah. couples. They're Which not just ships. They are like struggle. Yes. They are like. Actual 
actual canon, mm. but also can be shippy, but because like there's choices, but like I they to walk are back from a couple yeah, of mine. There are they are essentially canon. Yes. So, um, my other <laughs> is Buffy and Angel. <laughs> Which their ship name is Bangle, just in case you didn't know. Oh my god. So. Bangle. My sources for this one is probably similar to yours, as in I binged all of Buffy and Angel yep. recently. Yep. So this is what I got from it. I promised Martha I wouldn't do a podcast episode on Buffy or Angel, so this is as close as I'm getting to That's it. That's totally fair. <laughs> I definitely have a couple of these where I was like, this could have been a topic if I really went hard on it, but I'm kind of glad yeah. that I'm not going to. One of my other topics is one that I really like, but I'm like, I couldn't, there's not enough to really do. It mm-hmm. wouldn't be a good episode, so I'm glad I get to talk about it here. Uh, once again, if you people don't know wh- who or what Buffy the Vampire Slayer is, it's a show based off of the movie Buffy the Vampire <laughs> Slayer, created by Josh Sweden, who is gross, and it was on the WB before it turned into whatever it turned into, which then turned into the CW. The first season was in 1997, Jesus. and it lasted for seven seasons. Mm. <laughs> yeah, miraculous. <laughs> Should have been canceled after that fifth season was that the awful one sixth season whatever well that awful season might be the sixth it should have been canceled after that it was a horror show (laughs) all right so before um, that should have been canceled before that so uh, that didn't get out seriously Mm -hmm. seriously all right so buffy the main character if you couldn't tell is a vampire slayer slash an overall monster slayer really she's had a few bays throughout the series but angel was her first and the most recurring and it's the one that i support as my ship forever and ever Mm. even though it's super toxic Mm. but all of them were toxic Mm. and they could be worse it, it, it could, could be worse, be which I will, it could, it could 100% be better. <laughs> I'm not going to spend much time on this. It's very short because it is very toxic, but this is a hill I'm going to die on, even though I'm not super proud of it. So, moving <laughs> on from that. Okay. <laughs> Buffy. She's 16 at the time, I think. Oh, no. An angel, a vampire. Who's not who 16. Who is old, though, and like hundreds of year old. But I do point out, okay, no matter what, if you're 16, it's going to be creepy. But when does it stop being creepy? Because how is like 32 and 243 that much better? Like, well, it's obviously better because I'm an adult. But like, yeah. it's still like. That's the main it, issue. Yes. The main when, issue is like the, the age of consent and also like being an adult and stuff like that. But, but there, it, it gets. There's Angel, why one, are you hanging out with people at fucking high schools? You goddamn creep. Any person in Buffy, why are you hanging out with people at high school? Anyways. So, Any person who is older than a high school age, don't hang out with fucking I don't know. I also don't think I ever want to be around someone who's like 25 and under, so <laughs> I don't know when they stop. When are you like, oh, you're 822, that's fine. Now, now for me. <laughs> like, so how much wealth have you accrued? <laughs> Oh, I assume you like invested at least one or two things that were semi successful and you've been around the fucking block. It's so. true. It's true. All right. So, anyways, he <laughs> moves to Sunnydale and Sunnydale is like the legit hell mouth. So, there's monsters fucking everywhere. Mm-hmm. 
Angel shows up. You kind of find out he's been waiting for her, whatever. Not creepy. Yeah. It was, it was a weird situation. And <laughs> um, he randomly ends up helping her out a lot. And at first he tries to be like, I need to keep my distance. Blah, 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 blah. They end up falling in love. All that shit. So, Which she can do because she's a dumb 16-year-old yes. Angel. He should know better. Angel. He's 200 and something years old. What the fuck? <laughs> also, don't hang out with people at high school. You're out of high school. You didn't get to go to high school because it wasn't a thing. That was like high school wasn't a thing back yeah. then. <laughs> okay. But why do I think in the Buffy <laughs> universe that they are the ones that are meant to be? Okay. First. In case you guys don't know, Angel had a curse placed upon him <laughs> by gypsies, which is pretty not cool to say now, but that's yeah. fine. It's not not cool. Yeah. 90s. Not There's a lot not cool in this. It's rough to watch shit from the really 90s. really rough to watch shit from the 90s. So They're like, you know all the things that are really not PC? It's a joke right now. Yeah, like, and it's yeah, literally the 90s were a bad time. Yeah. So... Angel, he's a vamp- he has a curse on him. Mm-hmm. He's a vampire with a soul. So he's apparently good because of that. Because apparently if you have a soul, you're a good person. Mm. Hence why souls clearly aren't real. <laughs> we watched too much True Crime <laughs> to know that that can't be a real thing. <laughs> yeah. So anyways, aside from that, he has a soul. That took me... <laughs> But his curse has a little, like, nugget written into it. Caveat. There we go. That yeah, was a, a, nugget. a nugget. A little nugget written in. <laughs> a nugget. It's just, like, written in the shape of a chicken nugget. Oh, yum. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Chicken nuggets. Right. All right. If he even has one moment of true, and I put in all caps, true, G-R-U-E. happiness. U-E. I almost thought you were going to spell that wrong. I almost did. I almost did EU and then it's like, no. (laughs) Um, He will lose his soul and become the monster vampire he was before. And Angelus was like, apparently super bad. That was his bad Angelus. Bad name. That was his bad name. If you add US to your your name, that's your bad uh, vampire name. So Brittany is Brittany and I am Martha. Calling you from that. From so, that uh, what is your uh, figure out what your evil vampire and let us know Buffy name is. We want to know. Yeah, but guess what? Angel has a true moment of happiness, and what do you think he got that from? Two <laughs> a sixteen-year-old Mowage. I know Caroline. it's true. Yeah, he's oh. Him and Buffy do it, and they have true happiness, or he has true happiness anyways. Good lord. She doesn't, because she's 16, and she doesn't know. Oh, no. Um, but yeah, so, it's okay. He gets his, he loses his soul. It's a tragic pot time or something. Way to make it about you, Angel. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Always, dudes. They always think it's about that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) All right. So, if you couldn't tell it already, they are a tragic couple. <laughs> he doesn't love some tragic love stories. That's true. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> so, Angel gets his soul back. but And he, like, literally just gets his soul back. And Buffy's like, I have to stab you with this sword and send you to hell to save the world. 
Sorry, bro. <laughs> so that's a bummer, I guess. <laughs> but he does get out. It's and the she best helps. way to get over heartbreak. <laughs> By sending your lover to hell. Yes. <laughs> You're like, well, thunk. So he does get out and Buffy helps him to heal. And I mean, if they can overcome betrayal of him killing everyone around her and her sending him to hell, then I guess, you know, they're meant to be or something. Mm. Um, He ends up, so seasons, this is a couple seasons later, they're doing their thing. They're like being super, well, kind of super careful as in they're still like dating, but they're just not having sex because apparently true happiness and, and Buffy the Vampire Slayer and Angel is just Angel having sex. Which is the stupidest. It's so dumb. And first of all, can Angel not fuck any vampires? No, 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 no. It's just he when can't. he it's like, just, love it's fucking. Just when, it's just like making, making love. <laughs> Slow boning. We understand. Ugh. You put on so, some like fucking It's fine. It's fine. This is a whole literal jazz. other rant we could Hold go down. Hands. Yeah, no. Like, ew, Which we won't hands. go into because that's not why we're here. No. <laughs> but, and this would be my rant. This will be my rant on the problems with Joss Whedon, <laughs> Buffy the Vampire Slayer, and Angel. Yeah. Um, anyways. <laughs> <laughs> I'm excited for our next rant, to be honest. <laughs> and literally, that just gave me a rant idea, yeah. because there's a lot to talk there's, about there. There's a considerable <laughs> amount. A lot of things that I'm mad about to talk about mm-hmm. there. Anyways. And that's just this. this yeah. The, just this part of it. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, so... Um, they slow bone. They they don't slow bone anymore. They don't slow they bone. They don't slow bone anymore, because that's his only true way to happiness, apparently. Only fast boning. <laughs> <laughs> well, because he bones Darla, remember? And they she gets the, pregnant. The Christian thing where he just does it in the butt and it doesn't uh, count. Some cutesy things. He, like, takes Buffy to her prom because she's 17 and that's what girls want at 17. Um, but he does end up leaving because he does know that they are really toxic and this is not good for her. About fucking time. Something at the very fucking least. Someone has to, at some point, be an adult. Yeah, and it can't be the teenager. And it can't be the teenager. <laughs> Alright, so... They always do end up crossing each other's paths, helping each other out, even though Buffy is in other relationships. When it comes to him, she essentially tosses them aside and they end up making out or doing shit. Mm-hmm. She, there's that one episode in Angel where Angel becomes human for a day and then has to go back to become a vampire again because he's like the, the like ultimate warrior or blah, whatever blah, blah. it is. He's something um, prophetic. Yeah. Blah, blah. And so like he gives up being human and being able to be with Buffy, but she's technically with Riley at the time. And as soon as he becomes human, she's like, and done with him. We are eating ice cream off of each other and banging each other. Riley's fucking face out of the way. Excuse me, sir. (laughs) Excuse me. I know you're going to be in Christmas movies. (laughs) I kind of mentioned that later. Okay. So... We'll get to that. Um, so, yeah. So, you know, usually not cool. But when they're your OTP, you don't really fucking care. Yeah. Don't really cheat on people, though. Just break mm-hmm. up with them. Or be Polly. Or be Polly. Or do that. There's options. Mm-hmm. You're you're right. You have two um, nails to hold. 
there's also always heartache between the both of them. Mm. And even though that is always sad and they know it won't really work, at least at this point in their life, mm. there wouldn't always be this heartache and this sadness if they didn't always clearly care about each other. Um, so that's true. <laughs> God damn it. This one point. <laughs> I mean, I don't disagree. And obviously, like very obviously, Buffy cares about Angel and Angel, I guess, cares about anybody who's not himself. Hmm. Uh, it's a question mark for me. So, um, Buffy dies in, like, the fifth season or something. Yes. And the next season of Angel starts out with him not being there because he needed to take, like, time off away from mm-hmm. everything to mourn her. And then when she does come back, they both end up literally stopping everything they're doing to go meet up with each other. And they don't show us what happens. They don't really talk. Both of them are like, hey, we're not talking about it. But we all know what happens. Not slow boning. Not slow boning. Mm -hmm. That's for sure. All right. It's a lot of rogue level touching. (laughs) And last little bit of the reasons why they will always be at the top of my list, at least with like Buffy's relationships. Mm -hmm. First off, they were the couple that I loved as a child. Mm. Great role models, I know. Great times. It's fine. Yes, but it's much easier to forgive people like this when you already liked them in nostalgia. Exactly, exactly. And I know they're toxic. Like, I know they're not goals. Mm -hmm. Like, I know they're toxic. There are a lot of not good couples. Yeah. I'm like, well, I'm, they're not, you know. They're not good. Yeah. And I don't usually talk about them very much. Yeah. And I'm not going to like... I don't imagine them going on dates. Yeah. And I'm not going to be like, oh, this is the goal. No. It's not. It's no. not. I understand that. David but. Coriolanus is so broad. <laughs> Martha always talks about how wide like, he is. He looks like, <laughs> like if you took a picture I and then you personally like kind of stretched it out. I don't think it's that much. I think he's cute and it's once again still probably because when I was younger, yep. that's what it is. But Martha yep. always talks about how wide <laughs> I feel like he's always wearing and like sort literally of like stretched shoulder wide. pads, and then yeah, it looks like somebody took his face and then stretched it just not like enough for it's it like, to make you a know, big like, difference. You know, like you know, like just enough like, in, in Mario Party too. Yes, <laughs> yes. I'm sorry, I almost poked you in the eye with that, but that's exactly <laughs> what I mean. Either my eye or my nose. Mm. I wasn't sure where we were going. <laughs> I can't tell you how many times I pull up a sleeve and just punch myself in the boob like that. <laughs> That's so annoying. Um, okay, two. Now we're going to go on to our other relationships, which, which was only two others. She only had two other relationships. Uh, she had, like, legit relationships other than, like, a one-night stand. Riley. Really? I knew you were going to do <laughs> Well, obviously, he was next. Yeah. Riley, who at the time was hot. Yeah. Riley physically is, like, what I want in a guy. He's blonde, he's blue-eyed, I he's, know. he's fit, he's attractive. He's um, much taller than you. He's taller than things. me. He yeah. can clearly throw me around. But anyways, he's hot, but he is boring. Yep. And he's super self-conscious because Buffy clearly kicks more ass than him. Mm. And he did not age well, which is what Martha and I found out when he was in a Christmas movie that came out over the last year or two. And I had to like, I was like, I know this guy. I know this guy. And then I had to pause the TV and call Martha out to look at him. It was a struggle. And I was like, he looks familiar. Yep. 
Mm-hmm. No, he did. He did not age well. It, it's not. He did not age well. Well, what are you going to do? Not everybody ages like Sarah Michelle Geller. It's <laughs> fucking true. None of the other fucking people. None of the other fucking people age like Sarah Michelle. Yeah. I mean, uh, uh, Chris yeah. Carpenter still looks great. Yeah. But uh, Michelle Trachtenberg was a baby, so. You know, yeah. Yes. Yeah, she still, she still yeah. yeah. But, uh. But Sarah Michelle Gellar is probably the most, like, is She's still incredible. fucking on yeah. point. And then Spike honestly shouldn't even be in the running because he literally fucking tried to rape her. Like, she literally had to defend herself and kick him off her. So done with that as mm. soon as that happened in season five or six. I think it so was six. uncomfortable. Uncomfortable. Yeah. Like, no, well, it's like, no, why? Why? No. And the the, like, the like there this? was whatever beforehand where they were kind of both using each other and for sex, whatever. That's fine. That's what happened. Yeah. People use each other for sex. When, and it's, it's a two-way street, whatever. One but of these things can be part of entertainment. Yeah. And yes, one of these exactly. things should never. But what, like, just being like, hey, what do you think friends with benefits are? Not like I'm using you for sex, but it's like. This is a benefit of we're not like yeah. together. We're just gonna have sex because we're both cool with just having sex. Soon as like he literally, literally, almost raped her. Mm-hmm. And if she wasn't the vampire slayer, he would have raped her. Yep. And as soon as that happens, I'm done. I'm over it. I'm not okay with it. It's not cool, and we're done. So he's not even in the running for relationships. Mm. So did you do for each of them, like, their different options for relationships? Mm-mm. Okay. Just for this one. Just this one. Because okay. it, it's... I was like, shit, I didn't do no, that. No, it's, it's only this one because I had to try to find why they were a better couple. Than the other That's two. fair. Yeah. Yeah. I, no, I, you're not wrong. Riley is so boring. He's bo- Like I said, in Buffy, super hot, but boring. Yeah. Like you can super barely, hot though. Yeah, but like also like how hot can somebody be when they're like, you did better than me, and yeah. now I'm so well. At the it. beginning, it was just like normal, yeah, and that's no. what she wanted. But then he was getting all uh, like, when your self confidence is hot, so mm. you're gonna be all like, mm. if if you're a guy yes, and you're all self conscious because your girl because is a woman is better, better than, than you than in you. any kind of way, whether she's stronger than you or makes more mm. money than you or whatever it is, then reassess your fucking yeah. self. Go to therapy. Go to therapy yes. because the problem so that was a nicer way of what I because said. the problem is with you. Yes, and it's not with her. Mm-hmm. And you should be happy for your partner doing, like, a mm-hmm. really good job and getting fucking money. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And, you, and then you could be taken on dates and, like, get flowers or mm-hmm. shit if you want that. This Labor Day weekend, fandom is calling. Let Michael, Mike, Darren, and Jen help you answer the call with the latest news, notes, tips, and tricks on the DragonCon Report. Available as an audio podcast, visit DragonConReport.com and for the first time ever, watch us on video via Facebook Live and YouTube. We want to help you celebrate your fandom in all the best ways. So listen up and we'll see you at the con. What do I want to do next? 
I think I want to do comics next because I think this is the one that's going to get to me the most and it's oh. probably the longest and I should probably do that before I get really hammered. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> so we're going to do comics next. Yes, I'm here for comics, obviously. I had oh, a very... I Because it was like, well, I could do this and I could yeah. do this. I would love to hear your... The ones that you were like, maybe I'll do this, yeah. and you didn't. Okay. There's a word for that that's not in my head. Possibilities. It was like... Your choices. Yeah. Your runner-ups. Your, yeah, that's exactly <laughs> what I was looking for. Oh my god, your runner-ups. That's exactly it. I was, I was trying to look for it earlier. I was like, I have nothing. I don't know any words. Okay. All right. Tell me about your comic. No, no, it's you. You're still always go first. So that way it's always me, you, me, you, me, you, me, you, me, me. But I'm just picking the topic because you pick the last topic. That makes so much sense. Okay, okay, okay. Okay. So my comic book couple. uh, So first of all, I'm going to tell you the one that I didn't pick. Okay. Because they're only, they're not really a couple. They just fuck occasionally, but I really like them. I almost picked Emma and Namor. Okay, fair. Like, that doesn't yeah. shock me at all. Yeah, because I want them to just sit around and drink like martinis oh, and judge every person seriously. in the entire world and be hard really than everybody. Do those costumes, the yes. the yes, yeah, the whatever. Phoenix Force yes, five. that one. I was like, what? What am I looking for? Yes, the yes, word? yes. Yeah, uh-huh. but okay, yeah. What did you actually? Do? So what I actually did was uh, Big Barda and Scott Free. So okay. Mr. Miracle. So I actually know zero about Ugh. both of these characters. No worries. Yeah. Mr. Miracle's name is uh, Scott Free. So that's his name. It's very silly. Uh, to really understand Mr. Miracle and Barda, you have to understand uh, something called the Fourth World. This is the catch-all name for the dimension that houses the planets, such as New Genesis and Apocalypse, along with the new gods that live on them. Uh, so, you know Darkseid, he's a new god. Okay. Darkseid is a big Superman villain, just in case you don't know Darkseid. And then, you know, a big everything villain when it comes to DC. So, anyway, the extremely abridged version of the events to catch you up to speed... Uh, New Genesis and Apocalypse are two different planets, and they are have been at war with each other for uh, basically forever. So, at least uh, until Darkseid the, and the ruler of New Genesis, the High Father, uh, came to some sort of truce where they basically um, were like, we'll do a ceasefire, but the only way for us to hold this agreement is for us to swap sons. I know, it's some, like, fucking ancient like like you should be living in a castle if you're coming up with this sort of logic also dark side you're smarter than this what the fuck okay um so yeah basically both dark side and high father would offer you uh, would each offer up a son to the other ruler to be raised on their planet this meant the dark side son orion was given to high father on uh, new genesis which I don't think I ever put together that Orion was Darkseid's son until literally right now. <laughs> I wrote this down earlier. <clears throat> what? Okay. Um, okay. He's so much more attractive than Darkseid. He looks like a person. Oh, what? Okay. Not, whatever. And then High Father's son is Mr. Miracle and was given to Darkseid on Apocalypse kind of a shitty deal for him because 
turns out, you know, Apocalypse is kind of the fucking worst, and uh, but nobody gave him a choice in the matter, so that's that's how that is. Well, so yeah, have a choice, Martha. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um. So life on Apocalypse was unsurprisingly fucking miserable. Yeah, it sounds pretty fucking awful. It's Apocalypse. Yeah, not not great. Mm-hmm. Mr. Miracle wasn't cared for by Darkseid himself, but given to Granny Goodness, one of Apocalypse's master torturers, where he was subjected to basically an endless amount of cruelty day in and out. But he wasn't alone. Barda, an Apocalypse native and one of Granny's uh, female furies, which someday I'll probably do a thing on the female furies because I really love them, in training, was stuck enduring the same sort of endless sadism right alongside him. And uh, maybe stuck in a never-ending, uh, stuck in a never-ending cycle of torture and pain isn't the most traditional romantic meet cute, but it worked pretty well for them. And Mr. Miracle and Barda grew up and fell in love, uh, and they planned to make their escape together from the fourth world. So they eventually found their way to Earth to live as part-time superheroes in Los Angeles, where they were married, they settled down, and I guess they eventually had a child? Question mark? I don't really know anything about that. And I didn't read into it because <laughs> and I children. didn't care. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no. But, like, altogether, it's a pretty mundane story for two new gods, uh, and that's why it's so... That's why it's so good, because uh, neither of them is, like, asked to be put in these terrible situations that they were born into. They never got any sort of a choice, and when they finally did get a choice, they get to choose each other, and they get to choose, like, having, like, a nice, normal life when they're, like, doing housework and, like, going shopping and shit like that. There's no, like, And dumb... baking cookies in our good enough cosplay Christmas photo shoot. Hey, hey. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it should. They may be two insanely powerful extra dimensional heroes, but the thing that makes uh, Scott and Barda so lovable is just how normal they are. They live in a condo, they deal with cooking dinner and paying bills, uh, they work for their money, they have friends over to visit. Whenever, like, something happens that they have to deal with apocalypse, it's like, oh fuck, we have to go back to our, like, old home, which we hate, which makes all- both of us have to deal with some very, very bad trauma. And then, like in a lot of ways these two basically gods are way more normal than somebody totally human like fucking batman has ever been Mm -hmm. yeah and also i love the dynamic of a very very tall woman with a like normal sized dude Barda is probably six foot eight she's a giantess she's got muscles to hear ugh and Scott Martha made a hand motion. Yes. What you can't see. Yeah, but you know what I'm talking about. No, you don't. But maybe you don't. Maybe you don't. <laughs> She's very strong. And Scott's, you know, like a normal dude. He's probably like 5'8". And, you know, he's like, oh, my honey. Mm. Having to always look up to her, even though she's always in flats. And I'm like, ugh. I love you guys so much. Her picking up the entire couch to vacuum underneath it. Like, this is so fucking cute. I love to put, like, very, very powerful people or, like, big, fantastical people into domestic scenarios. Because I'm like, oh, 
It's so cute. Is that thing like just the cute little happy yeah. home life? I'm like, of oh, superheroes. you guys are just like making some little happy home life and like having a good day. <laughs> yep. Yeah, Bart is just watching like the Real Housewives with fucking Scott, for, uh, with fucking Mr. Miracle when Batman and Superman come in and are like, we need you to go to Apocalypse so that we can save Supergirl. And she's like, can I watch one more fucking episode? <laughs> also, you guys can armor up in the armory, which is behind the bathroom. You just have to pull the towel down. <laughs> yeah. I like it. Mm-hmm. I like it. They're so cute together. I love it. <laughs> Ugh. And, like, I just also love a couple where they're, like, incredibly in love with each other. Yes. And course. Scott Free is like, Marta, <laughs> I love you so much. I worship you. How could you not? That's all. <laughs> so tell me about your comic book couple. Okay. Your comic so book couple. The two that, there's, there's two others that I was mm-hmm. bouncing between my runner-ups. Hawkeye and Mockingbird. Ooh. Yeah. Fair. Yeah. hmm That's very fair. Yep. As much as I want to shit on Hawkeye a lot of oh, times. always. I... I do love comic book Hawkeye, mm-hmm. and I love Hawkeye and Mockingbird, no matter how much of a hot mess yeah. they are. Well, like, both of them are terrible messes, yes. and that's what makes yes. them so good together. Yes. They're, They're really uh, cute. Okay. I love Mockingbird, and, too. Uh, I I was, I was literally just like, I love Bobby so much when I cut myself uh, off. Bobby is on my list to do uh, eventually, because yep. I love her so much. She would be on my list, but I know she's on yours. <laughs> I love her so much. <laughs> And then, obviously, um, Winter Widow. Yes. Obviously, Natasha and and Bucky are one of my favorite couples of all time. Yes. Same and fair. Also, probably one of the hottest couples of all time. Of all time. So, but I am going to kind of do their DC counterpart. And I am going to do one of my biggest, my biggest... DC OTP and one of my biggest comic book ones. And this shouldn't shock you with where I am right now. I'm going to do, let me say all of it. Richard Grayson (laughs) slash Barbara Gordon, AKA Dick Babs, AKA Robin Batgirl, AKA Nightwing Oracle and all of the above (laughs) with their 900 names. (laughs) See me covering up my mouth. So I didn't (laughs) shut I was like, I'm not going to say anything, but I might say Richard Grayson is just makes me laugh. Richard. I know. Which, uh, I don't know why Richard Grayson is funnier than Dick Grayson. What? I don't know. That doesn't make any sense. I don't know. <laughs> but, yeah. So, I'm going to talk about Sam. Imagine. Um, I am all about Titans right now. I mm. watch the Titans. I'm all about the Teen Titans. But they have, like I said, have literally yeah. been, all of like, the, my our, favorite OTP. Uh, costumes this coming weekend up are all, all going to be Titans, yeah. Titans flavored. Yes. My sources for this one um, was actually DC.com. They oh, had some I good had articles. The last one I didn't know. No, womp womp. A few different comic book pages and things that I was looking up. And then there is an animated movie called Batman and Mr. Freeze Sub-Zero. It's on... Um, HBO Max. Yes. That I watched today while you were at work and oh. I was doing work. I was watching it. Cute. Yeah. Dick's, Dick and Babs' ship name is just Dick Babs, which is extremely fucking boring. So I'm just going to call them Dibs because I think it's funny. <laughs> yeah. It's either Dibs or Dabs. It, it, and dibs. honestly, both of those is pretty funny. Or, or I guess it could Dick. be Bix <laughs> or Bax. Yeah. Bax. Bax. <laughs> 
But I'm gonna yeah. what I re- uh, the few times I referred to them as a ship name, I've referred to them as Barb Churd. <laughs> the full name. Richarba. <laughs> okay, actually I like that so much better. Richarba is it Richarba is where we're going. Okay. Anyway. I should have Richarba, don't you? <laughs> that sounds like, like an exotic spice. I thought I was literally going to say it sounds like a fancy vegetable. <laughs> One of those vegetables where I'm like, I have no idea what that looks like. <laughs> All I, right. I have Googled that one. Shit. Hold on a second. Shit. <sighs> okay. So, I will also start by saying, I can almost ship Dick with almost anyone. Oh, for real. Dick is one of those characters who I feel is, like, truly pansexual. Mm. And probably poly, unless he's in a serious relationship. That being said, Dibs is my DCOTP. Fair and enough. And has been for a very, That's like, true. as long as I can remember. As They're long as I've story. known Brittany. Yeah. yeah. They're, like, when it comes to DC, my couple I will go to. So... I have no idea who I would pick for my DCOTP. There are so many. Um, Pre <laughs> New 52. That doesn't count. Yeah, I know. It's bad. Dick Grayson's first appearance was in Detective Comics 38, which was in April of 1940. And uh, yeah, yep. And Babs's was 27 years later in Detective Comics 359, which was in January 1967. Oh, hot damn. Okay. Um, it was originally written that they were six years apart in age, mm. Dick being a teenager and Babs being in her early 20s. Mm. Um, and there was no actual romance between them, though Batman did just assume Robin was like, pretty older girl who's smart. I mean, and who can beat me up. I mean, which and, also, like, same pretty older girl who's smart. Yeah, seriously. Mm. And even though they haven't gotten into much of a relationship yet, which we'll get into, a lot of people obviously do blame, blame, quotations, Babs for fucking Dick's obsession with redheads. <laughs> That's, I mean. Like, teenager being like, oh my god, really cute girl. And now every girl after is, or every person after. I was going to say, now every redhead, redhead person. Yes. Every redhead, he's like, ooh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, I'm equal opportunist. Yeah. Everybody else is fine. But did you see that redhead over there? I do have a weakness. <laughs> Yeah. It's Namor with blondes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. When Hope's like, hey, King of Atlantis, and he's like, excuse me, you are not blonde. Gross. <laughs> Call me when you're blonde. <laughs> Just kidding. You'll never be blonde because you are a freckly redhead. Damn. Mm. <laughs> okay. So, essentially... The original story in through most of it in the beginning is that they're just colleagues. They don't actually even know who each other are in person. It's just Robin and Batgirl. Cute. Uh, flash forward to 1975's Batman Family Number 1. Mm-hmm. Dick Grayson is a college student. He had a nice little glow up. He's not a fucking 15 year old and he's hot. You can look at his butt now. Look at his butt. So Dick Grayson was a college student and Barbara Gordon was a congresswoman. What? Yeah, apparently so. Okay. And I know, I didn't know I that either. I would have voted for her. Yeah, Fuck right? Yeah. Seriously. And Dick ends up taking a job as Barbara's aide. Pool boy. <laughs> 
You met, oh, is that a Speedo? Yeah, I'd be like, get uh, butt. <laughs> I think there's a bunch of bugs uh, way over there. But I you think might, you need to lean to get say, them. You're going to need to bend over. <laughs> just saying. Um, so, I'll be over here <laughs> lounging. This is my lounge. It's a really good lounge. Thank you. So they start as a professional relationship and things take turns. Things get less professional. You know, less, I mean, he's hot and she's hot. What do you want from everyone? I don't know. And they're both. I want this from everyone. Yeah. This this, (laughs) This is what I want. They are, though, still, all the while, though, they're still being Robin and Batgirl and still somehow don't know each other or Robin and Batgirl. So, though they are smart, they are not smart. (laughs) You know Batman's just laughing on the inside over this whole situation. Like, recognize this person's mouth if you've had this mouth on your mouth. The only and you've looked and, at it probably a lot and because at least for like face. I guess Babs kind of has a cowl even though you see all her red hair. All Robin has is all Dick has is a it's tiny little mask. mask. You you can you know it's yeah. fucking Dick Grayson. And also he still uses the same dumb voice. And his ass is still his ass. And you know he still uses the same dumb <laughs> puns in real life too. Oh my god, too. 100%. You're All like, right. are, why are you trying to like banter with me? I'm just trying to get like fucking boba or whatever. <laughs> Calm down, okay? I'm not fighting you right now. So whatever. Somehow they're still unaware of each other's secret identity. Mm, okay. And plus, guys. Robin and Batman killing the detective game. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> Seriously. So why we moved to like Batman Family, not the Detective <laughs> Comics? We had to move from that, or it wouldn't oh, go well. Fuck. Oh no. Okay. So Robin and Batgirl end up teaming up to fight a ghost of Benedict Arnold. <laughs> I'm going Don't to talk about it. Home. That's really not. I, I, that's not the point. Anyways, yeah. anyways, the team so, up is the point. The, the team, yes, yes, yep. yep. So, not, but also, yep. I don't know. It's 1975. It was a, in in this story. Batman has the villain called Gentleman Ghost, who's kind of a boss. You could have just fought that guy. Uh-huh. I don't know if he's that old. But I would assume because he's a really silly villain that he came from like the golden age or whatever. I'm sure. The reason this awful story is important <laughs> is because this story ends with Robin and Batgirl's very first kiss. Ooh. So, Robin, get ready to side eye. Mm. Get ready to side eye. Remember, it's 1975, everyone. Robin tries to talk Batgirl into retiring because he tries to give her that spiel of how crime fighting is a man's work. <laughs> yep. And then she was like, I'm going to choke you. Gives him, and then he gives her a little condescending kiss on the cheek. So he, she is like, yeah, I literally say, ew, dick gross. Don't be like that. And he stops being like that when he realizes that's not cool. And he stops being like that when he's written by a person By a person that understands and Dick Grayson is one of the best ever. Gentleman Ghost was from 1947. They could have fought yeah, Gentleman nope, Ghost. Nope, they won't Look Benedict how fucking Arnold cute he is. Oh, that's a cosplayer. He's so cute. <laughs> he's just a person who's not there. He's not there. He's just a suit, actually. Yeah, he's just a fancy-ass suit and a monocle. So, Dick Grayson, being gross and condescending, mm. kisses her on the cheek. 
She well, pinches his butt. So afterwards. she to shut him up, full on kisses him. I like to picture that she dips him too. Oh uh, well, she was definitely on top because he's shorter than her yeah. because he's still a little bit younger than her. Mm-hmm. Barbara is actually five eleven. Martha's having dirty thoughts now. Rude. <laughs> I know that face. <laughs> there are just very few women who are taller than me. I mean, I get it. I mean, I I would choose many. Uh, no, no, not that aspect. So after that, things were never really the same, even though surpri- surprisingly, not surprisingly, mm-hmm. the fans reacted negatively because it was 1975 and mm. they were mostly dudes and they were like, eh. We don't like women, we period. Don't like, essentially, yes. So the editor, Bob Rosaskis, Rosas- Rosakis, Rosakis, that's, <laughs> that's how it is. There you go. Um, had to like write a little like side note and like the was little it in, author like that, thing. Yeah, that uh, I was, love the that old was, like, ones hey. for that are so good. Yeah, because there are a lot of things where it's like, "Hi, you're a toxic book, piece of shit," and uh, we're gonna call you up in the comments, yep. which is great. But they were basically he was basically like, "Hey, like the kiss, the kiss was just kind of like a gag to like shut Robin up, and there's no plans for a romance to be between the two of them." Dun dun oh, dun. Oh. So, next up, Robin Backer do continue to teen up during the pages of the Batman family, and by the end of issue three, they end up revealing each other's identity, and... It took very little time. Yeah, so, but I mean, very little time, but also a lot of time. Oh, yeah, same. <laughs> very little time very little in, time in, in Batman, Batman Family. family. <laughs> and then in Batman Family number 11... That's when Dick and Babs have to get married, sort of, and that's where there's that, that where Babs is in the white Batgirl suit and Dick is in that awful Robin tux. Yeah. Oh my god! One of like so one of my favorite things in the entire world is bad comic book wedding outfits. And like this isn't a literal wedding outfit, but it yep. is a very bad it's wedding very outfit. Bad. Mm-hmm. And the plot for that story is weird. We're not going to get into it because it doesn't matter. It doesn't sure really make terrible. sense. But we did get that amazing Batgirl suit and that awful Robin tux. So the series progress and they get a little more flirty. And then in Batman Family 13, Robin actually ends up confessing his feelings for Batgirl. Ew. But it's, oh, he only does this when she is sleeping. (laughs) And then it is actually later found out way later in 2007 in Nightwing's annual 2 that Babs was actually pretending to be asleep because she didn't want to make it awkward. First of all, who hasn't been there (laughs) as a woman? I don't know about men, but probably not. Ew. I'm just assuming that you probably haven't been there. Mm-hmm. God. Yep. That's rough. And no, they still kind I don't think their age difference is as big as no. that right now, but they're still an age difference. So he's like 19 and she's like 20, like three or something like that. Yeah. So that family ends and the Robin Batgirl partnership kind of fades out. They team, they do team up in the Detective Comics 489, which ended with Batgirl agreeing to erase her memories of Batman and Robin's <laughs> secret identity at Dick's request. 
I don't know the story. I didn't look it up. That's Sounds not the point of this. Fucking pretty stupid. fucked up and dumb. But um, and it is then later revealed. I know, right? It is then later revealed, though, Babs essentially fakes the whole thing. and, and Babs? Oh, my gosh. And then in uh, an, episode, <laughs> an episode, in comic 562, 526, <laughs> 526 of the detective comics, they basically end up not interacting for 11 years. Yes, they were not in a comic book panel together for 11 years. That's so much crazy, right? Yeah. So, like, from, they're in the same town. Yeah. So, well, they're definitely. Nightwing leaves for a while. That's they're, true. Or Robin leaves he goes for a to while. Bloodhaven yes, to be a cop. Exactly. So, from 1983 mm. through 1994, they had no in comic 19, contact. What, what? 83 to 94, so 11 years. Okay. So during this time, Dick went from Robin to Nightwing, and Barbara went from Batgirl to Oracle. Oh, fuck Killing me. Joke happened in 1988, which is really fucked up, because that would literally mean they had no on-panel appearance from when Batgirl got, or when Babs got shot by Joker mm-hmm. and got paralyzed from her waist down. Yeah. Um, but it also means that basically my entire life, and definitely your entire life, Babs has Babs been has paralyzed. Babs been, has been paralyzed. Yeah. Yes. Which is probably why I so attached was, to that. so attached to the fact that they remade her Batgirl when they and that was, yeah. they didn't keep her as Oracle. No, I, I, she was so strong as Oracle. Literally, as soon as you said that, yeah. I was like, yeah. And no. she's always been Oracle. Her as Oracle is, I don't know, it's such yeah. a, like, a fucking ball. It's she's so, so boss. She's so, cool. so boss as Oracle. So cool. I am, side note, glad that in Titans that she is in a wheelchair mm-hmm. and she has Oracle. Yeah. Like, and she's a fucking badass. Like, like there's so little fucking yes. representation mm-hmm. there to be like, now we're taking this one away. Yeah. And it's like, and it's okay. also really cute because some of the main things I think of when I think of Babs and Dick's relationship is Dick literally worshipping her even though she is in a wheelchair yeah. and does not um, care at all. Yeah, and regardless of that. Do, yeah, it, does it not has matter. not changed a, a, a lick of anything of how he felt about her. Yeah. He One still loves her so much. In, uh, I can't remember if it was Teen Titans or in like Red Robin, but it was right before they did like the New 52 thing. And uh, Talia sent a bunch of fucking uh, League of Assassins. Is that right? League of Assassins? Whatever the fuck those nerdy ninjas offer (laughs) to kill literally anybody who is connected to Batman. The Titans send off everybody to, like, make sure everybody's protected. Superboy gets there and he's like, yeah, uh... Batgirl, uh, Oracle is fine. <laughs> she just kicked everyone's ass. Yep. There's a bunch of ninjas on the floor. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yep. So great. Well, even if, I don't know if you read any of the Oracle comics, which I did. I read when a, they did, a yeah, bunch of them. Which all of them were her being a fucking badass, whether it was, say, was, really good. whether it was her being physically a badass or her being a badass as Oracle. Yeah. Like, she's like, I'm gonna, and, and I go so back cool. to Titans because I just I finished her. watching it. Yeah. But even there's even one scene where Dick comes and kind of makes sure she's okay, but like she's like fighting like a crazy ass assassin and she's like, let's fucking go. Like, I don't care that I'm in this yeah. chair, I will kick your ass. Like, like <laughs> I'm not gonna see these limitations. Yeah. And she's so bad. She can, well, she can, yeah. you know, I'm 
going to see these limitations as much as they actually affect me, but also like, but I'm I'm going to make something new. Exactly. It's great. It's great. I love her as Oracle. She's so, (laughs) and it lets her, even though she is physically badass, she's able to use her mind because Babs is really smart. She's she's, so smart. She's able to use her mind in such an amazing way. Exactly. Oracle is such like overwhelmingly cool and like, yes. Like, to be basically in charge of, like, everything, everything. that goes around. She can fucking do e- everything and anything Like, hi, can you figure out this thing for me right now? Yeah. And it's like, yeah, I got you. Yeah, I got you. And mm-hmm. I'm turning off the fucking cameras that are nearby you just because you didn't think about that. Yep. Because so. I did. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. One of us had to, and I think about everything. I love her so much. <laughs> okay. So, anyways, they do have a... Re, like a little reunion, but it isn't really a big deal in Showcase 94, issue 12. So my guess is even though it wasn't in the comics, it's still just to be known that they probably kept up on each other. I'm sure when Why Babs was they? in the hospital, there's no way Dick didn't come and no visit her. Way. Like, First of all, you know Dick is the person who brings flowers and like yes. a weird bear yes. to every person. And Dick is the little ray of rainbows in the fucking Bat family. Like, yeah. there's no sunshine without yeah. him. <laughs> you don't have Steph yet, so you have yeah, to have... you have to have Dick. <laughs> Yo. <laughs> Things I'll never say. <laughs> and I mean, like, like I said, the the reunion. He wasn't shocked to see Babs in a chair. He wasn't like it wasn't a big deal. Yeah. So it's like there's no way that they weren't regularly regularly communicating for all of this history mm-hmm. that they have. But once they restart their friendship in 1994, essentially they now interact pretty regularly. Regularly and. You know, or always there for each other, though their relationship does remain undefined and, you know, yeah. complicated. I was going to say, it's, it's rocky still... sometimes. Yeah. But yeah. They never really put a label on it. Probably for the best. Probably for the best. Yeah. So when did the duo first become an actual couple? And it actually didn't happen in the comics. It's in the animated movie, Batman and Mr. Free Sub-Zero. So this is a continue a continuation of Batman, the animated series. And in this, Dick and Babs are an actual couple. They are dating. And they are actually the same age. They're both college. They're both in college and they're yeah. classmates. So this is where their age gap goes away. There is an episode of Batman New... Uh, new adventures mm-hmm. called old wounds where they don't go into details, but it's revealed that the relationship ended abruptly when Dick quit being Robin and left Gotham. Mm. And then he does return later as Nightwing. But ever since then, their relationship has rocky, weird and rocky and undefined and complicated. Yeah. <laughs> If you guys are interested, like I said earlier, this the the Batman and Sub and Mr. Free Sub Zero is on HBO. Hmm. The comic counterpart finally when the in their comics they finally got together in 1999 hmm. in Nightwing number 38, which was 30 years after their first meeting. She was. Nightwing showed up at Oracle's doorstep, wounded from battle, and she treated his injuries. And hmm. then one thing led to another. She treated his injuries, and then she treated his you injuries. Damn, <laughs> um, <laughs> their relationship became official. <laughs> and this was 
their relationship was actually such a big deal that when they wrote Robin Year One and Batgirl Year One, it actually did rewrite Batman's history, like the Batman history of Robin. Oh, okay. This okay. was when it, I, yeah, yeah. Those so things. yeah, so it presented a fresh look on Dick Grayson's early years, re- revealing the first time he ever saw Barbara and how he was like immediately taken by her. Fair. And then this also when Batgirl Year One, it shows. Um, how Robin's crush essentially shaped his early encounters and future relationships. And this is where they essentially took that age gap away and mm-hmm. made it non-existent. Good. So all that, a lot of I mean, Robin. I hotter, older Barbara yes. is a problem with me, you know. Like, oh <laughs> Especially no. now, because now they're both in their 20s and yeah. it doesn't matter. But yeah, but this is where it, it did, like, it didn't rewrite all of it, but it rewrote a chunks of it that made, been it was because it was such a big deal. So um, Barbara does officially break up with Dick in Nightwing um, 87 after a villain named Tarantula oh. engineered an argument between the couple. And since they're superheroes, no one has communication ever. But determined to win her back, win her back, Dick proposed to Barbara in Nightwing 117, and she does accept. So they were engaged. Oh, oh. Yes. And then they were like, we'll definitely pull those outfits out of the closet. <laughs> Um, Dick proposes to Barbara mm-hmm. and she does say yes. She does end up basically putting on their engagement, their engagement on a hold though, because she realizes. So now that you've told me this story, the sentence makes a lot more sense. Mm-hmm. The sentence that I copy and pasted from DC's website mm-hmm. is uh, Babs put the engagement on hold after realizing Dick needed some time to find out who he was as a person, mm-hmm. aka was raped and need to figure out who the fuck he was because he went through an awful traumatic experience. He has some very serious PTSD yes. afterwards. They haven't been an official couple since 2006. Oh my god, really? But they spent the last 15 years basically dancing around the question of getting back with each other and just always essentially ending up in in each other's beds. Mm. (laughs) In 2013, Nightwing's annual one, they considered running away together. And then in 2017, Batgirl's number 17, a Cole K4... Cold case forced them to to, uh, to look at their undefined relationship. Mm. In 2018, Batgirl number 25, they ended up in a honeymoon suite and they basically just had a night together and pondered what they meant to each other. Hi, this is a fanfic. <laughs> Essentially. Yeah. Um, um, the only one that's available <laughs> is the honeymoon suite and it only has one bed. <laughs> and it's in the shape of a heart. And it's in the shape of a heart. <laughs> and there's a hot tub that's right there, but it's not behind any so and if it's you also in the shape of a heart. It's also in the shape of a heart. You have to be naked in front of each yeah. other. Mm-hmm. And you definitely have to sleep together because there's no couches. And there will be a bottle of champagne and some chocolate-covered strawberries mm-hmm. waiting on your bed. Because some it is the honeymoon, honeymoon nonsense. <laughs> and also, I'm pretty sure if I remember correctly, in mm-hmm. Oracle 1 or one of the first few Oracles in 2009 when it came out, which was during Battle of the Cowl. Um, oh, right. Some of the first pages of the comic was Dick leaving Babs's, through Babs's window, clear her in bed, clearly after they had fucked hey. her. Yeah. Yep. Yes, girl. <laughs> yep. 
I honestly think Battle of the Cowl might be one of my favorite. I like, actually really did enjoy it. That line. And it's I kind mean, of stupid, so but like it's also dumb, it's really fun. And it's right before the new 52. But it, it involves so much of the family. Yes. And like, I and did really enjoy it. What, so when Batman was dead, I enjoyed yes. it. Well, I was going to say, what comes about all the cowl is Dick ends up as Batman, which I love. Mm-hmm. Babs has her nice new Oracle comic. Steph is Batgirl. Damien is Robin. Like, the Gotham City Sirens, even though it wasn't specifically part of it, is also in that timeline. Yeah. So I'm like, this is... There's a lot of Honestly, Bruce Wayne bores... I don't... Not that I don't like Bruce Wayne, but no. whatever with him as Batman. I like everyone around him. Like, yeah. every other person in the Batman story, the Bat- I am Burst about. is and really yes, cool. And that Bruce with, Wayne is yes. the least interesting part exactly, of it. Exactly. Exactly. I love everyone else so much. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, it, it was it, it was a great story. Yeah. No, I, th- I felt like if they had kept Batman and uh, Captain America dead at that time i would have been yeah. okay with it yes because bucky barnes's cap was great to say they had replacements yeah. that worked really worked well mm-hmm. and like it was an interesting story that yeah. you didn't have yeah and then they were like hmm, we're gonna do it because we're fucking pussies yep, exactly and what's also great about that is too is like when it comes to bucky barnes and dick grayson they're also very even though they started out as like the same character, mm-hmm. now they are one hundred percent opposite yes. characters. So and and even the Grayson is so open, yes, and sweet, and and, and a rainbow and a ray of light. Yeah. <laughs> Bucky is a sad cloud, mm-hmm. 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 and they both have bombshell redheads guiding them, mm-hmm. and really good hair. <laughs> yes, yes, yeah. Though I would say Bucky is probably built more like Jason than like Dick. That's true. That yeah. is fair. That is fair. Dem thighs. <laughs> hmm. All right. So that was my sidebar. Cool. Okay. So where are they now? Shockingly, where they are, are still are undefined. Um, even And they're at this point, they're even calling themselves out on it. And mm-hmm. Nightwing number 80, which came out just back in May 2021. So not oh. even a year ago. Dang. Uh, Dick is being investigated for a murder. And Babs ends up showing up and is like, hey. I'll provide myself as an alibi because I know he didn't murder anyone. Yeah. I don't really know the full storyline, but mm. I do actually kind of want to read it. I'm like, oh, there's all this shit happening that I actually care about. I oh, feel okay. on this. Yeah. Um, so she like is in their apartment and they're investigating and, and, and talking to Dick and she's just like, Hey, I was with him. You can check my GPS on my phone if you want, because I was with him because I'm also fucking bum and I can just mm. make my GPS mm. be there, but I won't tell you that. Um, and so the detectives ask what the nature of their relationship and after exchanging uh, glances at each just other you know that's a long they, they, literally there's a whole panel this is them being looking at each other yeah. and then Dick says I've been wondering that myself but oh. an interrogation is not where I wanted to bre- uh, breach the subject <laughs> and then Babs just replies with a simple that's not relevant <laughs> hmm <laughs> And you know the whole time Dick wants to be like, but while we're here, what are we so, doing? So, like, you're in love with me too, I mean, right? we both love each other. Did you see what we did the other night? <laughs> a lot of, like, hmm. I just am going to sit here and make sad faces at you <laughs> like a puppy. Um. Okay. This is before they, where is it and where are they now? But we can just go back. It's fine. 
So at one point when Batman was still alive, <laughs> Batman, Bruce, good old Bruce Wayne in Brucey. Dark Knight's Death Metal, Last Stories of the DC Universe dun, 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 one. Dun, 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 dun. Bruce is also like, I'm fucking sick of your shit, guys. Just fucking hook, just do it. You've already hooked it. You keep hooking up, but actually make it official. Let's just do this. And also, it was basically like, by the power and invested of me as Batman, you're married. The like, <laughs> When the, like, least feelingsy person in the entire world is like, can you guys please get your fucking shit together? Then you should look at your life and your... Your choices. Yes. They just don't want to talk about it. Both of them are like, maybe we should talk about this. Let's just have sex. Why don't you just, like, write a letter... You should write it in letters and then just keep it. I can also sex. see Dick being like, so, and Babs being like, I took my top off. So, <laughs> yeah. It's a, so, hi. Hey. <laughs> so, I was thinking about what to do with this, and Dick is like, ooh, my brain is, <laughs> my brain is gone. Vacated my body. <laughs> All right. They decide to play along with, with Bruce. They agree for a single night. They're married and they... They pull out the old outfits. They pull them out. They decide to play along for a single night. They're married and if they both end up living through the night, then the marriage is null and void. They share some cute little corny dialogue in between Dick being like, well, then I'll just have to win you back Mm -hmm. and, and, you know, shit like that. And then Bab stabs him. (laughs) And then Babs is like, do you think you can? I think the, the dialogue is something like, do you think you can? And he's like, well, I want a whole lifetime to try. And then they make out a bunch. Oh. And I'm like, Ugh. like, stop being cute. I hate and love this. this. Is disgusting. Yep. This is gross mm-hmm. and I feel bad about liking it. Yep. You make that stupid, oh no, this is too cute smile that you hate when you're reading or oh my something. God. And you hope no one sees you because like, you're smiling at your yeah. fucking iPad. Oh my God. Yes, I know exactly what you're talking about. You're like, this is embarrassing. (laughs) But they are, as far as I know, still undefined, but clearly always in each other's life. Undefined, but together. But together. So, 50 years, they've been best friends for 50 years, other than their brief hiatus where they weren't written in, but I'm assuming they still kept in touch. And their romance essentially rewrote a huge chunk of the Bat Time Lash. That's their history. And they are actually one of the most popular couples of the DC universe, even though it started out as people not liking Barbara, which I still remember from your fucking Jason one. Yep. And um, them not liking them together. They are two of them. They are one of the most popular couples hmm. of the DC universe. I'll take that. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. In the Cosmic Pizza Podcast, your pizza delivery guys, Dan, Sean and Paul, serve you a slice of life. We talk to women in comedy, voice actors, film directors and producers, authors. We also talk about conspiracy theories, the Muppets, our top three films of the decades, famous people we confuse with each other, and our favourite stand-up comedians. We have recast Star Trek the Original Series and Babylon 5, and created our alternative superheroes. But most of all, we have had so much fun doing it every two weeks. Two weeks! The Cosmic Pizza Podcast is not about the cosmos or about pizza.
Okay, let's talk about let's talk about anime. Okay. Yeah. Go. Alright, so uh <laughs> what a terrible laugh. So I hate to be the predictable sort, but I constantly am, so that's just how it is. I know, I know, I'm there are a lot of times where I'm like, I know this isn't gonna be surprising, and then it still isn't. Um then <laughs> we're still not surprised. But also the first couple that I picked isn't a hundred percent canon. Which was Madoka and Hamura. Okay. I was going to do that. Also, Madoka's a hard topic to talk about because it's just fucking depressing. It's very depressing, but their love is really, I don't know, it's something. And depressing. It's very, very sad. (laughs) um, Madoka is just depressing, guys. Yeah. Most of my anime couples are depressing. That's fair. Yeah. The other anime couple that I was like, maybe I'll talk about this was uh, Princess Emerald and Zagato. From fucking Magic Knight Ray Earth. Which I don't know. Oh. It's a couple at the end where you're like, oh no. I've only read the first like three manga of Magic oh, Knight Ray Earth. I got you. So I moved on from my non-canon okay. thing. And uh, I went back and was like, okay, I haven't really talked that much about Udna. So I'm going to talk about Udna and Nancy. Okay. Um, good thing I didn't pick that. Good thing you didn't pick that. But yeah, so Udna and Nancy is one of my... Uh, from Revolutionary Girl Udna is one of my top OTPs. I have a lot of art of them. So I was like, what anime? Oh, what anime should I do? Is literally what's on the wall. Yeah. Okay. And yeah, I have a lot of art of them and their relationship is very important to me. Um, There is a lot to go into and I'm not going to go into all of Udna because there's, it's, incredibly complicated and there's a lot of symbolism in yes. it. Um, Something I need to rewatch. Yes. Well, I was just thinking I need to, to rewatch it too. Because I've only watched it once and yeah. you can't pick up on everything the first time because no. there's so much symbolism. Well, like, and you're just trying to be like, what's the happening? Thing is, <laughs> you get to like the like last three episodes and that car scene when everything comes together yeah. and you're like, oh, Oh, okay. But like, you don't but you get need to, to do well, I was gonna say, you need to know that things. as you're watching it, it will make more sense as you're rewatching it through now that you know mm-hmm. that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So basically, uh, with Utna, um, how she meets Anthe is, uh, Seonji, who is one of the other duelists, um, humiliates, mm-hmm. oh, I thought you were raising your hand. Oh, no. I'm it's giving a him a thumbs, thumbs down. Because he's a turd. He sucks. He's got good hair, but it's that's just it. because he's good in anime. Because he's... And, and by that sentence, she meant that's just because he's in anime. That's what... Mm. <laughs> I got you. Yeah. But yeah, so Seonji is a fucking turd and uh, humiliates Wakaba. And Utna confronts him and is like, um, you're a fucking piece of shit. They're in a kendo dojo, and she challenges him to a duel. And Seonji, reali- Seonji realizes she's wearing the rose signet ring, uh, which is something all of the student council members have. And um, that means that she can go to the duelist arena, and uh, he accepts. When she reaches the arena, she sees Seonji and Anthe, who... Uh, dressed in full regalia, silently pins roses to the chest of the duelists. Anthe then explains that if the duelists lose the rose, 
then they uh, then they lose. So if the rose is dislodged, you're you're done. And then she wishes Utna luck, which causes Seonji to slap her across the face and push, like basically slap her. So and that that's why she was wishing Utna good luck. Yeah, because Seonji's a fucking dick. Are an asshole. Mm-hmm. The goddamn worst. And she doesn't want to be near you anymore. No, even with your great hair. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so Seonji, blah, 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 is a fucking douchebag, slaps Anthe and uh, pushes her to the ground and identifies her as the Rose Bride, who is engaged to the reigning duelist, uh, dueling champion, which is currently Seonji. So apparently that means, according to Seonji, that he's allowed to do whatever the fuck he wants. That's not what that means. But, well, it is kind of what it means in this it's very, but it, but that's bad. The end. So Udna, so who is now incredibly fucking pissed, mm-hmm. who, yeah, is like, you don't get to own a fucking person. That's not how this works. That's horrible. You can't own people. You're a piece of toxic bullshit. Disgusting uh, waste like, shit. let's fucking go and pulls out her wooden kendo sword. And then Seonji draws the fucking actual sword of Dios from, uh, fucking... Anthe's chest or not, you know, you know, that sword. Her, like, so, septum. Yeah. <laughs> Which is like a real goddamn sword. Yeah, and Udna's like, oh no. But she still fights him because Seonji's a piece of shit. Uh, she runs in to be the prince saving the damsel in distress. And then after that, when she wins against all odds, uh, she is the one in distress because Anthe is like, um, I'm your bride. <laughs> <laughs> I'm your bride. This is our new room where we uh, have a like little life together. I'm very bad at cooking. <laughs> Here's some tea, though. Yeah. Uh, I can make the fuck is it shaved ice and that's pretty much it Mm. martha feels that to the core oh i do yeah the ways that i am alike with anthe are (laughs) so i normally cosplay anthe and she does utna Mm -hmm. but i feel like we're actually switched very very much (laughs) a hundred percent yeah like who i relate to in is jury and Anthe. <laughs> and you would very very much be an Utna person yep. who's like sporty and like, fuck you, I'm not gonna do the girly thing because you say that I have to. Mm-hmm. Yes. So Udna rushes in to be the prince, saving the princess, uh, saving the damsel in distress. She wins against all odds, even though she's using a fucking wooden sword because the spirit of Dios? Uh, yeah, Dios is uh, in her blah, 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 the prince, the actual prince, instead of what he ends up becoming. Anthe claims to be her bride. They grow to be important to each other, and Anthe learns more about who she is when she's not completely under somebody's thumb. And Utna learns that she can't save people who are unwilling to be saved, but she can help them become the type of people who can save themselves. Uh, They have a lot of different moments during the show, but one of my favorites is... After there's a lot of pretty traumatic and terrible stuff, Utna and Anthe are in the kitchen, like, sharing cookies and tea, and they're just having, like, a nice conversation, and Utna asks Anthe what she hopes to be doing in ten years. 
you kind of get the feeling from Anthony that she never, never, she doesn't consider a future for herself anymore. Um, because well, I mean, that's same girl. Well, and also like her existence as the Rose Bride. Yeah. And there's a lot of implications that Utna is not the first person to come along and like to, do this thing. Yeah. You've yep. done this song and dance a lot of times. It's, it's been a long time. We're given the indication that Anthea has come to no longer consider any future for herself beyond her existence as the Rose Bride, uh, fearing both her connection with Udna and the knowledge that of her, and the knowledge of the danger she's putting her in. Uh, Anthea suggests that maybe she has poisoned uh, Udna's cookies, and then the music playing skips. And Utna considers this, and she replies that she's poisoned the tea. And then they both continue to um, drink and eat this cookie and tea. And they talk about the fact that the, in 10 years in the future, hopefully they'll be able to eat and drink to have cookies and tea together. Which is the probably one of the first times that you get to see Anthe having any sort of a plan for the future at all course you get a lot of Anthe's guilt from this so after this we get a lot of um, Anthe's guilt and anguish and it reaches a peak uh, that's when she attempts to commit suicide she tries to jump off the top of the whatever the tower is uh, her pain from the swords is becoming unbearable but now she knows also that Udna is aware that she is dangerous and chooses to trust and love her anyways um, when Anthea alludes to poison in the cookies, there is a real possibility that she has tampered with them. Udna, on the other hand, is not capable of uh, trying to kill Anthea, and An Anthea sees right through her bluff. That Udna not only keeps eating after the subtle warning and threats, but commits herself to Anthea to still being in Anthea's life ten years down the road, uh, makes Anthea's inevitable decision between Udna and the life that she's in right now a lot more daunting so that's one of my favorite scenes with the two of them that whole episode is incredibly fucking tragic because that also is the episode where she tries to jump off the roof um and it's just that's also the episode where Utna realizes that her trying to be like the prince and trying to rescue somebody has made Anthe into an object and not into a person uh, it's so good it's so good it's so good um but yeah they're one of my most favorite couples in the entire world tell me about your anime couple <laughs> okay so the anime I one scene that was so good <laughs> i chose someone really random you're probably not gonna know who they are at all okay i'm um, excited after bouncing around and being like, I've never watched an anime mm -hmm. other, other than just being like... Other than Sailor Moon, which we've already <laughs> talked yes. about at length. I know. Yeah. I was like... Mm. Well, and I mean, I'm, I'm like saving talking about like, until one of us finally just does it. But mm -hmm. like, I was like, I don't, I don't, that's so obvious. So, um... Okay, so I'm gonna talk I've done about... several Sailor Moon topics, Well, you've done too. Sailor Moon topics. Mm -hmm. But, like, um, I feel like Usagi and Momoto yeah. needs, like, they need their own episode. Yeah. I almost, so cons I was considering uh, Tibusa and Helios. Yes. Because I do love them. Yeah, they're very cute. Mm -hmm. All right, so the um, anime I 
couple I chose was um, Kyoko Hori and Izumi Miyamura, which is from Hori Mia, which is that, which is the name of their anime is their ship name. <laughs> and it's that stupid little slice of life anime <laughs> that I watched a while ago that I was like, this is the cutest fucking anime yep. of all time. Mm. So, um, my sources for this are Wikipedia. I know you're really bad at naming your sources. Mm. I put mine on top like I always do for each and individual. Oh. Um, is, uh, Wikipedia and Otaku Cart. Um, so, Hori Mia, alternatively, is Hori-san and Murimiya Miyakun, and it's an anime adaptation of Hiro and Daisaki uh, Hagiwara's Hori Mia and a manga series. And apparently was originally a webcomic by Hero. Huh. So the anime aired in on January 10th in 2021. So when I watched oh it, God, it had just it come out. Now. Yeah. And it was produced by uh, Cloverworks. I watched it on Hulu, but I believe it's also on Funimation. It's only 13 episodes long, and I 100% recommend it. recommend it. It's an easy watch, and it's really, really cute. Before I get into it, I want to explain a little because it is really random. It is a true slice of life anime. I went through a phase where I was like, all I want to watch is cute little stupid slice of life anime. I love that shit. But yes, because who doesn't love a, 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 a love a slice of life anime? It's just like, but it's like holy. a legit true because some slice of life even still has like a little fantasy mixed in or a little because like even like i have to watch the final season of fruits baskets but that's technically slice of life but there's still parts of fruit there's parts of fruits baskets that i stresses me out and it gets it's a little like but this is like really true slice of life they're just high school students um which is nice because they are a little bit older than the typical middle school students that you have in anime and high school students in japan are also already a little bit older um so they're a little bit easier to relate to and they really just do have stupid kind of drama of a high school student. Hmm. It's nothing more. It's not intense. It doesn't go... Some some animes is the same way, but it, like, goes on for too long. Like, everything kind of gets all settled by the end of that episode. Yeah. Like, it's, like, a one-episode issue, and then it gets resolved, and you see them grow. The series is only 13 episodes long, but they go through all... Like, the end, the last episode is them graduating, like, from high school. So, you see, like, it's 13 episodes, but it's a couple years. So, you get to see them grow as people into more adults, easier to relate to, and it just makes them super cute and all that good stuff. Hmm. Like I said, it's only 13 episodes long. It's really easy to watch. I 100% suggest it because it is really, really cute. So the little synopsis is just the uh, um, ultra popular Kyoko Hori seems to be a frivolous high school girl, but in reality, she's a simple family oriented oriented person. She takes care of her little brother and is basically like a little homemaker because it's just her mom her and her younger brother and her mom's working. So she has to take care of everything. And then there is Izumi Miyamura. He uh, seems to be an average gloomy high school boy, but um, actually is a very attractive boy who's covered in some tattoos and piercings that he yeah. has to cover up. Because, you know, in Japan, they have, like, legit yeah. dress codes and shit for school. Yeah. Um, and seems to have a little bit of a bad boy streak, even though he's a really great guy. Hmm. 
And then, so I mean, that's kind of ideal. Yeah, you know, uh, Kyoko Hori and Izumi Miyamura end up having a random encounter outside of school, and then this is basically where their cute little tale begins. Mm-hmm. So I'm just gonna go through some of their cute moments throughout the anime. That just makes it like that cute chill, happy feelings every time you watch it. And like I said, it was 13 episodes. I watched it, I think, it all in one day. And I don't know if you remember me after, but me, yeah. I was just like, this is so cute. Yes. And it's so... <laughs> no negative feelings. Like, I, it was a feel-good. Like <laughs> She's like, it's it's homey. Yeah. Slice of life shit is homey yeah. in the same way that, like, comfort food is homey. Exactly. Exactly. Well, whenever I think of slice of life, I think of like a delicious like strawberry shortcake or something. Yeah, (laughs) it's great. So chicken pot pie with like mashed potatoes on the side. Great shepherd's pie. Yeah. Okay. So in episode one. Hori and Mirror accidentally meet each other outside of school when Hori's brother Sota drags this guy to their house. Is Miyamura. Um, after this, the two meet up at Hori's house every day because Sota, the younger brother, likes to play with Miyamura. Oh. They get a cute little connection. He's like an older brother. And and, and they don't have, remember, Hori and Sota don't, don't have a dad. Yeah. He's hardly around. He pops in at like one point in the oh, anime, so he but is, he, yeah. he's not really, a, he's not dead. He's just not around. He's the kind of a Debbie dad. And Hori is like, okay, you're kind of cool. Like, I'm interesting things about you. You weren't who I thought you were. And then at one point in this episode, so like even the episode, like I said, this this series goes over a couple years, even though it's 12, 13 episodes. So it's not like a, a couple days, like even in one episode, it's been like a month or two in one episode. Okay. So... They have this new routine where he, where Miyamura comes over the house often after school to play with Sota and to hang out. And then there's this one point where Hori, she needs to get these eggs that are on sale because she's the one that is basically responsible for all the household stuff. But she gets caught up in like this, this school thing. So Miyamura offers to go get them for her and he hurries out of school to go buy the eggs for uh, that are on sale. And he meets Yuki, who is one of their classmates and one of Hori's really good friends. Mm -hmm. And when she meets him outside, she realizes that, oh, there's this whole different side of Miyamura that I didn't know. And when Miyamura starts, like, talking to Hori about this, Hori basically is like, I don't really want anyone else to know this side of you. I want to keep this to myself. And then Miyamura replies being like, I kind of don't really want anyone else to know about this happy homemaker side of you either. I kind of want to keep this to myself, too. So it's kind of like their secret little (laughs) thing together. (laughs) And then... Goons. Yeah, just, you know, and like, they're like, like, 16. Like, they're just being cute. Like, yeah, exactly. That probably just sounded like legumes on (laughs) It's fine. Mike. That is what I said, legumes. All right. So, episode two happens, and this is probably one of the most relatable things ever. If you guys don't know, in Japan, a lot of times, they call each other by their last names. It's a form of respect if they don't really know each other. They don't use first names. So, 
Corey and Miyamura, which is their last names, have already started just to, like I said, hang out at Hori's house every day. It's just a habit now. And then Hori realizes she doesn't actually know Miyamura's first name. So, oh, you're right. Too awkward because it's now way too long in this. She doesn't feel like she can ask him directly. So she starts all trying these weird tactics of like sneaking around and asking him weird things. I have a exactly. That I most- just had a, like, we had a full conversation the other day at like one of those things where you are supposed to like meet each other and he said his name and then we talked and I remember the rest of the talk and I don't remember yep. his name at all and now he's like hey Martha and like fuck <laughs> well it's like it's really bad I feel with conventions because you'll meet people that you may in have disguise. met like once or twice in disguise. yeah and and you don't know who they are and then you try to be like hey you Hey, this is so and so, and then you hope they just introduce. You hope you're just being a bad host by, and they introduce each other because you have no idea what their name is. Yeah. That happens to me. I, I'm awful with names, anyways. So then you put me in this situation where we're all wearing costumes, and I am more than likely a drink or two in. <laughs> we're hitting this kind of same level that we're at right now. Yes. And, like, if you brought me to somebody who I knew in high school and were like, what's this person's name? I would be like, mm, I don't fucking know. Uh, so, I yeah. don't know what is their name. <laughs> so she tries to figure out his name. Can't figure it by doing all these weird, embarrassing things and getting caught doing them. Can't figure it out. So she eventually just has to ask his name. And it ends up that, like, he doesn't actually really know her first name oh, either. Good. So it is, it, it's cute because yeah. it's so relatable. And, and then in the end, they're both just like, if you guys just talked about it in the beginning, it wouldn't be that big of a deal. <laughs> Though it would have been a lot easier to figure her a name out because she's popular and people would have told you, but he's mm-hmm. not. So, <laughs> yeah. So a couple episodes later, like I said before, Miyamura has, like, tattoos and piercings. So to try to, like, tease him and get him flustered, she asks if she can see his tattoos when he's over her house. Like, she's seen them before because he's, like, kind of, like, shown them to her mm-hmm. before because when they first met and, like, he had all, he put his hair up, he had all these piercings. Normally he hides it with his hair. His hair. Here. His hair. His hair. So without really thinking about it, and he just starts, like, taking off his clothes because they're, like, on his his chest. So he just starts taking off his clothes. He's like, okay, yeah, I've shown them to you before. Yeah. And then it's, like, at the both time, both of them realize, oh, we're not just some random people asking to see your tattoos. We're, like, in this weird friendship relationship in between stage that mm. none of us want to talk about. And we're 16, and you're taking your clothes off in front of me right now. Mm. So both of them get, like, flustered and start to blush, and, like, it's, like, a deal. And it's just cute because it's, like, you could relate to, like, that situation where you're just, like, oh, okay, and then you're, like, oh. This all of a sudden was really awkward, and I didn't think about it, and that made it really awkward. <laughs> God, I'm glad that my memory has turned to shit because I really don't remember most of my like shitty teen years. <laughs> all right, so then in episode four, Hori falls sick with a fever. 
she has to stay home. So her brother Sota has to leave for school. And Miyamura, who comes over every morning to, so that they can walk to school together because they're classmates. Sota lets him know, hey, she's sick. She's not going to school today. After school, he goes over uh, to take care of her and, like, you know, make sure she's in bed, puts a little wet towel on her head, mm-hmm. gets her some food and all that stuff. So when he, like, goes to leave the room at one point, she's in her fucking, you know how in anime they show, like, sickness as, like, you're fucking, like, hallucinating and, like, dying. Or I'm like, you just have a cold. Yeah. Calm down. But she is, like... Me the other day where I'm like, <laughs> I might. I mean, I probably don't have COVID. I probably have COVID, though. <laughs> but can I, like, just use one of the rapid tests just so I can make sure that I'm not infecting any of my, like, neighbors? <laughs> They're all, like pretty decent people and I don't want to be an asshole <laughs> and like I'm pretty sure I'm just like sniffly and I don't feel good because I'm figuring out my meds but like but what, what if I have COVID I don't know I have to check so she's all in her weird hallucinating state of being sick he gets up to leave the room at some point and she grabs onto him kind of like just hallucinating that he's actually like her mom and kind of state mm. and keeps just being like, please don't leave. Where are you going? Because with how the situation was every time she was sick or anything like that, her mom would still have to go to work because her mom is oh. a working mom for two kids with no husband yeah, or no partner. Mm. It doesn't matter who it is, but no partner for her two children. So she has a little, you know, she's the older sibling. She's always had to take care of everything. Um, so he ends up basically then staying with her and trying to assure her, like, I'm not going anywhere ever. I'm not leaving you. Don't worry. After the night goes on and he's leaving for the night, he's talking about some food, just trying to get her ready. She's feeling a tiny bit better, but kind of dozing off. And he just starts, like, listing off things for her so she knows what's going on. Some groceries she should, uh, she'll need to get when she's feeling better. Some things she'll need to do. And just in the list, like, no tomorrow, no, no problem where he's like, hey, you're going to need to grab some tomatoes and some celery. Don't forget. Your brother's going to need this. Um, I love you. You don't forget. You're also going to need some potatoes. Um, and Hori's back. 1,000% relatable. <laughs> where it's like, what if I slip it in here and nobody notices? <laughs> and and for the second time tonight, Hori's back is turned to him, so they kind of, he just kind of thinks she's asleep. Oh. <laughs> Barbara Gordon. <laughs> but she heard him, and as he leaves, she's like, oh no, I love you too, and this is awkward, and I can't say anything, because I feel awkward, and we're both like 16 or 17, and this is awkward. <laughs> Oh my god. And it's cute. That is cute. But also, oh my god. In episode six, Hori and Mimura go over to Shindo's house. I don't know. Mm. Uh, someone's house. Whatever. I'm assuming it's a friend. And they're like eating these candies that he won as a prize and they're all weird flavors. So think of like the Harry Potter fucking yep. jelly beans. Birdies. And Hori is saying that she, the one she picked out was a clay favorite <laughs> candy and oh, tries mm. it. Some clay tastes kind of good <laughs> from when I was a child. Like a little bit salty. Like a little bit of Play-Doh. Like not quite Play-Doh, but like... But Play-Doh. Close, <laughs> close to the Play-Doh. And... But, I, but also like imagine getting it in your teeth. Oof. 
<laughs> no, Gross. I don't want to. I know, I know. So by mentioning this weird flavor and trying it out, Morimura is like, oh, I, want, I wonder, I wonder. And he kisses her, which is their first kiss. And it's really, really quick. And it's over basically before it starts. But it is their first kiss. And oh. so now they're like, we're and then at one point her dad does show up isn't and this so much better than Buffy and Angel yes so and it's so cute I love it so and then her dad shows up and he's all like oh I'm I just showed up and I'm your dad that you don't really like but I'm gonna talk to you guys and he's over cause he's always over her house he's like you guys are kind of elected a lot of similar he's like so what's going on between you two hmm? i want to know all the juicy stuff because you know oh. i'm basically i can see your dad one this is not my dad not this is your dad my dad but my mom okay my my mom and my dad don't want to know anything when the person's there and then they'll and then my mom will ask me after and tell my dad yeah <laughs> but dad's like so what's going on between the two of you <laughs> and and so she's just finally like we're dating okay what do you care but at this point, they hadn't defined themselves, so now they're like, "Okay, guess we're dating." <laughs> we're dating. So a couple of- make me yell it. <laughs> so a couple episodes later, episode eight, Hori is painting her toenails, and Miyamura says something, so she starts painting his toenails, Aww. and he's just like, "Okay." And so by this time, it's a couple months later after they've established their relationship and whatever they're doing. She's painting his toenails, and he randomly just like, kind of like kicks her with her his foot say, a little he bit. Just kicks her. Yep, and but obviously playful. Yeah, and uh, thinking Until you that get she, nail polish in your fucking yeah, hair. That's annoying. But and thinking that she would just be like annoyed by it, and she basically just being it ends up being like, hey, I wish she'd be a little more dominating. <laughs> and I'm like, yes, girl, yes. You tell him what you want. Imagine, like, of all of the times to do a thing. Like, I just trying to, um, yeah. <laughs> Okay. And I think you did it really well. And I think he was like, okay, okay. I can, I can, okay, yeah, I can work on that. Yeah. <laughs> now that I, like, I don't want to be overbearing yeah, sure, to you. Okay. Like, if you're cool with it, it's, we can fine, probably also, figure this I need out. I sit in the bathroom and, like, <laughs> laugh or cry about this. Or situation. both. <laughs> yeah. I'm not sure what's going to happen. We'll see. Um. And it's just so cute because it's like every part of their relationship, even though they're like younger than we are, is very real. Like it's the figuring it out and just being cute and innocent and stupid about it and awkward about it and real about it. And, you know, it's just adorable. And then in the last episode with it ends, they're like graduating. Hori's family is celebrating Christmas and they invite me or more over. So he ends up making it. So his family like has a cake, a, a family bakery. So they're very busy for Christmas, mm. and he keeps getting delayed because he has to make deliveries. But he does end up making sure he gets time to go over there and spend some time with Hori's family. And then when he's leaving, Hori walks him home. So they're both like cuddling up because it's cold because it's mm. winter, chilly. They're, this is the point where they're, they're graduating high school soon. So then they're both going to college, trying to figure out what they're doing and, uh, where they want to go with this and what's going on. And Mia Morris is simply like, Hey, let's, let's get through college, but let's get married. That's what I want. Oh. And 
she says yes, and that's how it ends with them being like, okay, no pressure, but this is where we want it to go after all. But then it's just, that's that, like, that's how it ends. It's super cute. And you just feel like, like I said, like, there's no stress. I wasn't stressed at all watching the series. <laughs> at no point was I like, what the fuck is, like, some, obviously a lot of things have drama because that's yeah. the exciting part of it. But, like, it stresses you out sometimes. Yes. Like, there's just, everything was just, like cute and it it is over like a two-year period so you can see them grow and even though they're younger you can still relate to them but they're not so young that you're like they're 14 and I can't relate to this you're like even though you're younger and your relationship is obviously a little bit different you're still going through a lot of the same phases that relationships go through (laughs) and just like I said that like fucking name one I was like I've never related to It was cute. And it was, I watched a bunch of, like I said, a bunch of Slice of Life animes. And this is one of the most, like, chill, cute, relaxing, legit Slice of Life animes. And I suggest everybody watch it. All right. Hey, Dad. What's the Soul Forge podcast? The Soul Forge podcast is all about life, the universe, and everything. Is it good for kids? Oh no, it's not good for kids. Is it geeky? Oh, it can be geeky, but it can also be serious. We talk about life, sex, dating, and mental health, and so much more. Where can you find a Soul Forge podcast? You can find it everywhere. iTunes, Spotify, Pandora, Amazon Music, and the ESO Network. So for video games, I'm going to talk about Hades, and I'm going to talk about uh, Zagreus, Megara, and Thanatos as a thruple. Okay. So in Hades, you play as Zagreus, who is uh, Hades and Persephone. Oh, I should say there's going to be a bunch of spoilers. Also, my sources (laughs) that I haven't mentioned at all were Rose Petal Revolution on Tumblr for some of that, and Relationship Roundup. Big Barda and Scott Free by Meg Downey. The rest is just either wiki or me. Or fandom, probably. You know, those are more, the typical ones. More or less the same. The ones that ask to be in our will. Yeah. <laughs> Wikipedia is literally trying to kill me. It's <laughs> fine. But yeah, so in Hades, you play as Zagreus, who is Hades and Persephone's son, who is trying to escape the underworld to get away from his dad and later to meet his mom. So you fight a bunch of mythological creatures, you work with gods, you figure out your family shit, you get some couples together that you're like, hmm, I think you guys would be great, or now you guys are broken up and you should not be broken up. Um, And then you can build your relationships with a lot of the characters by giving them nectar, ambrosia, and sometimes doing favors for them. However, maxing out your relationships with three particular characters will unlock special romantic cutscenes. We're not going to talk about Dusa today because uh, she's basically, first of all, she's amazing and I love her so much. Dusa is your maid, maid Dusa, and she's just a Medusa head that like floats around. She's so fucking cute. Um, But she's also like, you romance her and she's like, 
I'm ace and not into that, my friend. And he's like, oh, okay. And she's like, let's be friends. And then you guys have a really good friendship and it's wonderful. But yeah, so you can choose to uh, pursue Dusa, Megara, and Thanatos. And you can choose to pursue all three and there is no consequence with that. Like I said, we're only talking about two, even though Dusa is amazing. And I already talked about her, even though I said I wasn't going to. (laughs) I love her. She's so cute. She's so cute. And she like goes around being like, around you and i'm like i just want to snuggle you this is horrible so uh first we're going to talk about megara who is one of the furies and she's the boss when you are escaping tartarus so in hades you escape through the different levels of hell tartarus asphodel and elysium and then you have to fight your dad so that you can go see your mom back up on land it's cute. It's really great. Uh, so Megara is one of the furies who you have to fight. And uh, she is gorgeous. She's way taller than Zagreus. Uh, she wields a whip and has like one wing and she will step on you gladly. And I want you know. her to step on you. Yes. She's incredible. She's one of my favorite. Well, like I really enjoyed their like because they did all of the all three of the uh, Furies, and I really liked their portrayal of them. Um, also, the voice actress who did Meg read people some <laughs> tax advice at one point, and I was like, this is incredible. <laughs> this is so fucking funny. <laughs> what the fuck? So good. Zagreus has some history with Meg. Uh, they were once in a relationship, but uh, you learn sort of through the, uh, like, talking in the game that the relationship w- ended a while ago uh, due to some mistake or immaturity on Zagreus's part. And, you know, a while ago is probably a couple hundred years. Who knows? When Zagreus begins his escape attempts, uh, Megara is tasked with uh, stopping him. She disapproves of his attempts to leave the underworld, viewing it as avoiding his responsibilities and his family. Uh, Zagreus has the option to repair their relationship and rekindle their romance, which uh, literally who wouldn't? Who would choose not to? Uh, Hard swoon. So after you defeat her uh, for the first time in Tartarus, uh, she appears in the House of Hades. You can bring her some drinks and befriend her and that sort of thing. After you've brought her a bunch of drinks and like sort of not quite maxed out, but almost maxed out, she's like, "Mm, I know that I'm still fighting you to the death every time we're in Tartarus, but I'm only doing it because of my obligation to Hades. Um, And she softens a little bit and uh, mostly just enjoys teasing him and watching him squirm. Zagreus is incredibly awkward around her and it's very, very cute. He's like, would you like to join me for like a drink? And you know, maybe, maybe we will have a drink. Would you like that? I'm like, oh my God, you're so cute. This is horrible. Uh, So once you max out her relationship, you go to your room. She's waiting there for you. And you're like, uh, what? And she's like, shut the fuck up and come over here. I'm like, Okay. Um, and then afterwards, Zagreus is like checking that things are good between them, which he literally says, are we good? 
Zacharias. <laughs> um, in real life, like, don't do that. The most awkward god in existence. Because if you ask if are we good, the answer is going to be uh, not anymore. Huh? <laughs> well, what do you mean? Are we good? What 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 conversation are we having here? Such he's such an awkward like being with Meg, and it's so fucking cute. And Meg's like, yeah, just keep it to yourself and don't tell anyone. And then. <laughs> Zagreus, the biggest fucking goon, after sleeping with Meg, is like, I can't even tell Thanatos. I can't even tell Than. And she's like, ah. she's like, okay. Than's not an idiot, so he's gonna fucking figure it out. And he's also not the jealous type. And also, we've worked together for a really long time. So calm the fuck down. And then Meg's one of uh, the thing that Meg is supposed to punish as her role as a fury is jealousy. So Zag's like, but what about this time? He's like, what if I? And then it just trails off and she's like, <sighs> she's like, we're fucking immortal and that shit doesn't matter. Mortals cling to each other because they have to. We don't. <laughs> Which I'm like, yes. Exactly what I feel about every immortal. Why would you stick together forever and ever? That's very, very difficult. They still have to fight to the death every time. That still happens. But, you know. Fight to the death, even though you're immortal. So it's not really to the death. You just end up in, um, I can't remember what the river is. It's not Styx. It's a different one. Um, But it's a big river of blood that they end Mm -hmm. up having to, like, pull themselves out of. Like, it's, it's no big deal. There's a lot of other unnecessary nonsense that's going on here. That's Meg. And then you've got uh, Thanatos, who is the incarnation of death itself. And um, I don't know, just a really... He's cute. He's he's very sweet. So Zagreus and Thanatos are childhood friends. They share a strong bond, despite having very opposite personalities. Like I said, Thanatos, Than is the goddess... The god regular god of death and Zagreus's role is kind of a god of life and blood and rebirth as you find out as you play the game Thanatos when Zagreus decided that he was going to leave the underworld was like kind of visibly hurt that he hadn't been informed about it but he continued to assist uh, Zagreus at times so um, sometimes when you're playing He'll just show up out of nowhere and be like, we're going to have a contest over who can kill the most bad guys. And then if you win, you get a centaur heart, which restores some of your health. And then afterwards, you can like bring him a drink at the little bar that's in the House of Hades. Personality-wise, Thanatos is very blunt and stoic, and he kind of seems cold, but it's actually just that he's awkward. He's, yeah. So the last, uh, one of the last times that you are bringing um, Ambrosia, like the time that like tips it over to the edge where you actually like max out the relationship meter, he brings it to uh, Than and Than's like, is this like a fucking joke? And Zag's like, I like you. I'm bringing you this because I like you. I hope that doesn't make things weird, but that's what's happening here. I don't know if you are unclear about it. I I like you. It's so it's so fucking cute. Yeah, so he's a little shy and goony about it. It's adorable. When uh, they do actually end up getting together, Zag is like, uh, 
you're you're not weird about the fact that Meg has been here too, right? And he's like, I've known Meg literally so long. Don't be weird. Who do you think? And literally a quote, who do you think talked me into this? (laughs) My God. So their dynamics are so very different because Zag is very much, uh, Zagreus is very much the like, is very submissive when it comes to Meg because she's, you know, very much on top of everything. She is head head bitch in charge, yeah. and that's how that goes. But when it comes to Thanatos, it's very, like, awkward schoolboys who are trying to talk to each other who need... Like, one of them is sort of good at talking just because he's good at feelings. But, like, it's a stretch. But yeah, so once you've maxed out both of them, uh, you end up showing up in your room. They are both there. Yes. Yes, exactly. They're both fucking there. And you're like, um, I can, I can explain. Oh, wait, uh, you're both smiling. Okay. Okay. Hold on. Uh, just give me a minute to like take this in. That's great. And they're both like, we've literally known each other for longer than you've been alive. Uh, we've bonded over a lot of different things. Bonded. We're putting that in quotes and we love you. So, um, let's do this. And Zagreus is like, if this is like big giant hearts in his eyes, if this is a dream, I am going to be so mad. I'm like, <sighs> so yeah, I love them. They're such a cute little thruple. And you know, if you're going to be immortal, you might as well be immortal with a bunch of hotties who mm-hmm. are What's really cute otherwise? together. Mm-hmm. I like it. Yeah. So that's my video game. <laughs> also, Hades is really fun and relatively cheap, so uh, pick it up if you have a Switch or whatever the fuck else it's on. <laughs> we don't know. I don't know. I only have a Switch. <laughs> All right. Last one. My video game mm-hmm. is going to be Leon S. Kennedy and <laughs> Ada Wong. There we go. Okay. Apparently their shit name is Aeon. Okay. Yep. Leda would be stupid. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. Now I'm trying to remember all the things that I've talked about and like ship names. I didn't do it. Um, so my main source was the fandom shipping wiki. And mm-hmm. then I know just, I saw, I was like, I've never been on here yeah, before. I've used and it I a feel few sad. times. And then, of course, just my knowledge of Resident Evil. Mm-hmm. All right. So this Extensive is- and ridiculous. <laughs> How many times can Leon make a weird sound? Many. I have listened to, I have played this game through. When I will bring Resident Evil 4 with me the next time I'm home. And we can just drink and hang out and I can play through that game in two seconds. Like, just, you can can spend a night. Yeah. I'll be fucking terrified. It's fine. But I can, but this is the game where you won't freak me out because Mm. I'll know what's coming and I'll just blow things heads off. But yeah, this is a game where I purposely played through a round where I listened to Leon die in every single way because some of those noises he makes. Some of those grunts are, uh, hey, hey. Also, yeah, if there's that time where you're trying to rescue Ashley, if you are lined up the proper way and she gets killed, it zooms in on his crotch. Just so you guys know. Because I know. (laughs) This is important knowledge for you guys. His sexiest noise is when he gets swiped by the swinging axe and he makes this noise. And I'm like, oh, Jesus Christ, Leon. (laughs) 
Oh, I know you just got swiped by swinging axe into the wall and you're dead, but that was a noise. And his voice actor is hot, too, so it helps. Yeah. Okay, anyways. Makes things better and worse. Okay, so this is one of those couples, because I went back and forth on a bunch of video game couples, Mm -hmm. that is kind of on the line. It's canon, but not official. Yeah. So there, there's something, there's definitely something, it is canon that there's something, but there's never been, like, an official relationship. It is... It's not an on-screen thing. Yeah, and I, yeah, like, yeah, so it's, like, my, it's definitely my favorite couple of Resident Evil. Um, I love Leon, I love Ada, Ada, someone, another one that I was like, oh, I need to... Boss bitch, that is so hot. I love her so much, and it's definitely like I like a lot of couples in Resident Evil, but like they're they're definitely my my big one. And there's a lot of moments, so we're gonna just kind of talk it through. Random little facts that the shipping Wikipedia decided to tell me. Yes, please. Our shipping uh, fandom decided to tell me was on Ao3. Aeon is the fourth most written about ship. And is the second most for Leon and the first most for Ada. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So. It's fourth most ever? Fourth most for all of Resident Evil. Okay. That makes much more sense. Yeah. Fourth most for Resident Evil. For a second, I, I was like, what? Yeah. Yeah. It's like, I'm sure that's like some weird Harry Potter. Thing. Yeah. Um. So yeah. Fourth most for Resident Evil. Second for Leon and the first for Ada. And I will state here. What I'm going to read through, because we're going to go through the few things that they're in together. Mm -hmm. The Resident Evil 2 that I'm talking about is the remake. There's been a few things that have been changed from the very original. It's just a weird thing. Okay. There's a few things that have been changed from the original Resident Evil 2 that came out on the PlayStation slash the N64. Yeah. Mm. Excuse me. Back in 1998. But I'm pretty sure the remake, which we need to play, because yes. we played about 10 minutes in, and then Martha was screaming over thunder in the background. I had to shut it off. Yes. You were also <laughs> very mad about the, like, something was changed, buttons-wise. Well, I was very mad that my knife broke. Me and yeah, too. Buttons are a pain in the ass, but we have to re- but anyways, I have it. We just have to play it to a point where we play it more than 15 minutes. <laughs> well... It was longer than 15 minutes, but it was only actually 15 minutes of gameplay. Yes. <laughs> um, we didn't get very far. We didn't get very far. But I think I'm pretty sure that the remake is now considered, like, the canon. Because, mm. it. I mean, they made it make more sense. It's they were able to go over and be like, these things don't make sense. Not only are we going to make it prettier, we're going to make it make more sense. It's a retcon, baby. <laughs> so, with that... Um, Resident Evil 2, like I said, which is technically the remake, mm-hmm. it's 1998. It is still set in 1998. Mm-hmm. Leon's been in a lot. For some reason, they always choose Leon to go in things. Because he's hot. Yeah, I mean, he is hot. I don't know if it's also like a voice actor thing. Like, if the voice actor's always available. In. And I mean, and like, you know, people like Leon, so they'll... But, um... A lot of the, a lot of the times, not always, but a lot of the times when there's a Leon, there is an Ava. Mm. She, there's only like me, I think one movie that Leon's in, that Claire's in, and Ada isn't in. Which, and then usually if there's a Leon, there's a Claire and a Hunnigan, if there's not an Ada. Mm. Um, but usually if there's Leon, there's an Ada, because that's how they fit together. 
I'm going to embroider that on a pillow. (laughs) All right. 1998, Leon and Ada first meet in a parking garage in a dying raccoon city because it is being fucking taken over by the T-virus. It's an inauspicious start. And Leon's being attacked by a a hellhound, and he's (laughs) struggling to hold it off. The fucking hellhounds. Yeah, fuck. And um, a random woman shows up and shoots the dog off, saving him. She flashes, once again, this is the remake, an FBI badge, because she's just a reporter in the original Resident Evil. Or she's actually, I think, a reporter's girlfriend in girlfriends in Resident Evil 2. She flashes an FBI badge and says that all the information is classified whenever Leon asks her about it. He thanks her for helping him and then she basically just walks away and Leon's just like, what just happened? Mic drop. Essentially. Mm -hmm. She's really hot. What just happened? My brain is broken. Yep, essentially. As Leon's brain should be broken. (laughs) A little bit later, she shows up again, and Leon's like, hey, I actually have no idea who you are, and this is the second time that we've seen each other. So give me your number, So he's like, hey, I'm Leon S. Kennedy. I'm the only one in Resident Evil that has a middle name. It's (laughs) Scott. It's haunting me, that name. Leon Scott Kennedy. No one else has a middle name. Who are you? Literally so glad you said that, because when you said Leon S. Kennedy, I was going to be like, what the fuck? (laughs) Yep. What's his middle name? I need to know it's because Scott. the fact that they put the, f- mm-hmm. the stupid S mm-hmm. in there mm-hmm. means that somebody thought about it. Yep. And he's the only person. He's the only Resident Evil character with the middle name. Yeah. And in Resident Evil 4, Salazar will call him by like every name. He, he's called him Leon. He's called him uh, Mr. Kennedy. He's called him Mr. Scott. I don't know. I don't know. Weird. Leon S. Kennedy mm-hmm. has a middle name and he is the only Resident Evil character that has a middle name. <laughs> anyway, it should be Salmon. <laughs> Leon Salmon Kennedy. Leon. Weirdly, that was the first S word that came Samuel to my brain. Samuel. Sam- Sam- hmm. Salmon. Leon Samantha Kennedy. Leon Samantha. <laughs> Don't put the A in there. <laughs> Samantha. Leon Samantha. Just no A's. <laughs> That's it now. That's the new canon. <laughs> no, no vowels. Leon Smith Kennedy. <laughs> oh my god. That's incredible. Alright, so moving on from Mr. Smith. He introduces himself as Leon Smith Kennedy. Mm-hmm. And as Ada's like, I'm done with you again, she does say as she's walking away, names Ada, and then just fucking leaves mm-hmm. as she fucking does. I'm not gonna give you my fucking middle name. Did you name. just say your middle name was Smance? <laughs> Goddamn nerd. You don't even get my last name. I guess my name's Ada. Also, who gives their middle name when they're having... Are you a serial killer? Like, that's... <laughs> 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 what facts? The only time you use a middle name is for a fucking serial killer. So How many Leon Kennedys are there, sir? <laughs> Shit. I assume there's only one Leon Smith. <laughs> also, this is a more of a sidebar. I know Scott is a name, but I feel like Scott should be short for something. 
It just feels like yeah, it's no. a nickname. Let me think of something for it to be short for. Scottifer, like Jennifer. I was thinking, okay, I went with Lucifer, but it's fine. Oh, that works too. Um, what are other names that get, like, it's just Scotter, like Peter? <laughs> Scottle, like Michael. <laughs> Scottium. <laughs> Scothew, like Matthew. Oh, I hate everything. <laughs> I hate everything. Anyways, anyways. Scothier is my next team. I like how this, his middle name, this is how we got here. His middle name. It's your fault, Resident Evil, for bringing up his middle name at all. Why is he the only one with a middle name, Capcom? Does he introduce himself with his middle name? Because that's creepy as shit. Um, He's like, and I'm going to cut up your face. I don't think it's his I don't know if he actually ever says the S. I don't know if he says it. I don't know if he's just like, hey, I'm Leon. Maybe I'm Leon Kennedy. I'm but for Leon's. some reason, when he when you like look him up, like if they're gonna be it's like Claire Redfield, Leon S. Kennedy. Somebody was like, I went too hard on the backstory and now you get his like weird uncle named Scott. Um, somewhere in the background. It's all good. Also, he could just be Leon's Kennedy. Leon's Kennedy. Leon's Kennedy. Leon's Leon's Kennedy is one one fucking word is incredible. Also, Skennedy is an incredible, incredible last name. I'm actually writing that down because I like it so much. Skennedy. (laughs) So stupid. Okay, so anyways. Yes. Let's let's go back from that. Mm -hmm. A little later, Leon, this is where you meet Mr. X, the scary tyrant-like creature. Mm -hmm. That is the, you know, scary thing of Resident Evil 2. And he has Leon by the neck. Bad times. Not great times. And Ada shows up, and she drives a fucking SWAT van into Mr. Mm -hmm. X. She's like, how many times am I going to fucking have to... So, Ada exits the vehicle and she exclaims... Smans! <laughs> Smans, this is getting old saving your ass. That's twice now. Yeah. I'm like, are you going to pay me one of these times? Because this is fucking ridiculous. Leon then jokes, I didn't realize you were keeping score. And then she snaps back at him saying this wasn't a game. And then she snaps back at him saying, I can count to fucking two. <laughs> Are you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> so moving back to Smamp and mm-hmm. counting to two. Mm-hmm. So Ada's like, hey, this isn't a fucking game. This is a problem. It's actually this, a game. This is, well, it's actually a game. I'm playing video Heads games. Up. <laughs> um, so Fourth wall break. This is where Leon's like, oh, I get it. Like, it, this isn't a game, and I'm, I'm just trying do, to hit on you. I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> You're really hot, and I don't know what to do with yeah. this. I'm going to do whatever it takes to help the city and to save the people. That is why I wanted to become a police officer. Boo. Buddy, if only. And Ada tells him that her mission is to take down Umbrella and to basically end their, their operation and to... You know, destroy corporations yeah. because mm-hmm. capitalism. Capitalism. 
And Leon's like, hey, like, yeah, let's take down Umbrella for doing this. Let's help everybody out in the city that we can possibly help. And they become allies. So. What's the word for allies, but you're both really hot and you might fuck? There isn't one, but there should be. Sex lies. (laughs) I feel like it doesn't (laughs) give the right (laughs) message. (laughs) So uh, they're now sexy allies and they continue to go through and survive the monster infested city. We find out that Ada is looking for Annette Birkin. So they find her and Annette runs off because she's just a scientist and Ada's like, I have a gun and I will kill you. Mm. Um, so Fair. Ada runs I after her. Too. But Annette does have a gun on her. And as Ada is rounding the corner, she fires and at Leon shoves Ada out of the way, taking the bullet in one of his shoulders. How romantic. How romantic. So That's the only way you can be romantic in the zombie apocalypse. It's true. It's just taking a bullet. It's true. Or like getting somebody a really specific snack that's really hard to get. <laughs> it's true. So like, I really, really want a nutter butter. <sighs> Me too, dude. (laughs) So Leon's bleeding out of his shoulder. And because of this, Annette is able to run off. Mm -hmm. But Leon's like, hey, I'm fine. It's just a fucking flesh wound. (laughs) Go after her. You need to get her. And he ends up passing out. Guess you weren't fine, my sir. So it is like, well, before I, I am going to go after Annette, but you're actually kind of cute and stupid. So I will patch I you up. I will patch you up a little bit. I might need to use you. <laughs> I might future. need you later, which we will get to. So she bandages up his shoulder quickly and then she's wearing this coat and she throws her coat over him and then runs off in the direction that Annette went on. I assume he wears the coat for the rest of the day. I assume he's just wearing her cute little fucking flasher coat yes. for the rest of the day. <laughs> and I'm assuming it has a very fun lining. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's fabulous. Mm-hmm. It's it's a designer coat that or it wore to the fucking zombie apocalypse. What else would you wear? Uh, clearly, I'd be wearing my fucking designer Jimmy Choo's. <laughs> yes. Which I definitely own as a rich person. <laughs> Ada finds Annette and she confronts her and she ends, Annette ends up moving some heavy machinery around, I'm assuming with some machines. And Ada ends up getting impaled with a metal piece in her thigh. Mm. She ends up rolling down a pile of garbage and lands at the bottom where she ends up passing out. Thigh is a bad place. Yeah, not a great place. And as she's passing out, she's thinking... Where's Leon when I need him? Yeah, for real. <laughs> for real, for real. Cute. She's already relying on him. So Leon wakes up and he, he immediately calls out for Ada, but it was like, oh, wait, I passed out because I got shot. And he's like, okay, I'm okay enough. I guess I didn't lose enough blood because Ada patched me up and I'm going to put her coat on and I'm going to go find her. So wearing her Prada coat yep. and goes to find her and finds her at the bottom of fucking garbage pile. So he slides down the garbage pile Whee! and wakes her up and he's like, hey, we have to take that metal piece out of your leg. This is going to suck. And she's like, yeah, it is. But just fucking do it. I'm no pussy. So she, he yanks it out. Yikes. And then she's like, 
that sucked, but I'm fine. I'll patch it up. And he's like, no, I got it. Just fucking that yeah. sucked. And she's like, yeah, it did suck. <laughs> so I feel like he, most of the time you're supposed to leave the thing in. But this yeah, is but they're kind of in a, a zombie apocalypse where they can't just bring her to a hospital to take true. the metal thing out of her leg. <laughs> mm-hmm. And otherwise she's stuck to the metal. Thing. Yes. Okay. That's fair. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Patches her up enough and they're like, okay. Let's try to fucking get out of here. We need to, we need to go do this one thing, which and like we need to go find her. We need to blow up the city essentially, and then we need to fucking go because the city is it's doomed. It's just all zombies at this point. There's like three living people, and they're the people that spread this virus. So let's go. Also, uh, do this one thing, and how it encompasses all of that. Is a lot of the time how my brain works. And then I'm like, why did it take so long? <laughs> Do this one thing that is really it's complicated. It's 12 things, actually. <laughs> so Leon's like, okay, let's go. Let's." He helps her up. And then he tries to, like, wrap her uh, his arm around her. And she's like, don't know, buddy. I got this. And he's like, okay. Mm. Okay. I'm sorry. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry, pretty lady. <laughs> <laughs> Now they're on this cable car. We're skipping everything, but they, they figure out they have to get on this to get to like the lower parts of the labs of Raccoon City. So they have to get on this cable car. Leon is just like blabbing about how he's not going to leave her or leave the city until everything's blah, 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 blah. And she's just like, shut the fuck up. So she kisses him. Another thing that happens today, Babs did that as well. Yep. <laughs> and he's all, and it's just like, calm down. We got this. And also- I. It sounds like he's like, let's exchange promise rings. Yeah, I mean, he's probably just talking because he's nervous. That's fair. That makes way more sense. (laughs) And she's like, shut up. I can't handle you. I'm not going to. And I think she was like, hey, you should probably just like leave because it's dangerous. I got this. And he's like, I'm not going to leave you. And you could die and and your leg. And she's like, look, I'm not going to die because you know what? I actually want to see you again. So the plan, the plan is not to die. This (laughs) sidebar original Resident Evil 2 Leon, this was probably his first kiss ever because he was a fucking lame-o. But remake Leon as a sexy babe, so he's mm. probably used those handcuffs during sex. But yeah. he's still also like, you're really pretty. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's still uh, also like, this woman can boss me around. But this woman can step on me. Mm. <laughs> and then... The nature of Leon Leon and Ada's relationship, it happens. This is what you're going to see constantly over and over again. Mm -hmm. Annette tells Leon that Ada isn't actually part of the FBI and that she's actually a mercenary that came in to get a sample of the G-Virus so she can sell it to the highest bidder. She's basically been lying to Leon the whole time and and it turns out when you're hot and you all turns out they're also toxic um (laughs) so you're killing the game today man (laughs) so at least they're both adults so leon and ada (laughs) not great but better like we're moving up so they end up meeting, so, like, they 
he whatever leaves in that. I don't know. I think he might kill her. I don't. I don't know what happens. And then because we haven't played the game, because Martha can't get past the lightning thundering in the background. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> so Leon and Ada they meet up in the middle of the facility, and there's self destruct going on, and they're like, "Oh no, we need to get out. the The city's gonna blow." My guess is Ada pressed the button. So Ada gestures over to Leon to give her the G-virus because she recently been like, well, we need it. It's evidence to blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. And now Leon's all like, well, I don't know. Because Annette told me that and you're, you're not fake. the FBI. You're a big fake. And instead of playing it cool, he just says everything because this is who Leon S. Kennedy is. And Leon S. Kennedy is the type of person who tells you that his name is Leon S. Kennedy. <laughs> exactly. And so... Ada pulls a gun on him and is holding it to his head. And Leon's like, go ahead, shoot me. What a fucking whiny baby. (laughs) He basically is like, hey, look, like, I want to trust you, but now I can't. And so they kind of bicker back and forth a little bit. Once again, still him challenging Ada to shoot him, but she isn't able to. And then Annette, who they forget about apparently in their time of angst mm. and exploding cities. Mm. That's fair. That's way more <laughs> Annette fair. Annette shoots Ada in the shoulder. Ooh. And they're Sh- on Matching like a- shoulder wounds. <laughs> and they're like on a bridge and she falls over the side of the bridge. And mm. Leon catches her by the hand, but she's just like, hey, you gotta get out of here. Like, this isn't gonna work. Just let me go. And so she essentially lets go of his hand. So he drops her. Leon has to be like, okay, okay, I still have to get out of here. This is, everything is awful, but Mm. I have to go. I don't really know what's happening, but I have to go. So he gets to the elevator and, but before he can like get onto the train, Mr. X, who they thought was dead, but has 18 mutations, because that's what they do, comes in, you have to fight him. And so just as you're like, I, well, as soon as you get his health down enough by shooting him with your handgun and being like, I have four bullets left, please die. (laughs) Ada shows up and... Save you again. And she throws him a rocket launcher I think in the original version, she says, like, Leon, use this. But you don't really know it's Ada, but it's obviously Ada. <laughs> Here she says, uh, we'll call it even, and then disappears. Oh. This rocket launcher thing, recurring beam. Um, <laughs> so he picks up the rocket launcher, shoots him, and he ends up making it out alive. And then at the end of the game, when it's, like, ending, he says to himself, I can't believe I actually miss her. Because he doesn't know what happened to her when mm. she went. So that was 1998 and 1997. And then in 2004, which is when Resident Evil 4 came out, Resident Evil 4, Leon is in Spain. He's looking for the president's kidnapped daughter, Ashley. And of course, he runs into a T-virus variant, the last Plagas. And guess what? Ada is, of course, there too. The first scene you see with Ada is actually a secret scene that you can miss if you don't know it. You have to go back and activate it as, um, in order to see it. So basically, Leon is getting like choked out by, um, Father Mendez. And though you really can't see that it's Ada, it is clearly her. She drops down in front of a window. You can only really see her torso. 
She shoots Mendez in the back a few times. This distracts him enough to drop Leon and then jump out the window at her, but she's on her grappling hook, so she just goes up to the roof and goes to safety. Leon goes over to the window, and it says in a little caption, like, a woman red somehow seems familiar. (laughs) So then the first official scene where Leon and Ada meet in Resident Evil is Leon is exiting the castle garden and Ada holds a gun to the back of his head. They have a really hot little scuffle between the two of them (laughs) and he disarms her. Ada removes her sunglasses that she's wearing and she says, Leon, long time no see and drops her sunglasses. They're, yep, they're, but they're a smoke bomb. Oh. So. Oh, I want that. (laughs) Yep. So he says, I forget what he says, but he knows that he's like, she's working for Wesker in here for the last Plagas. And then her sunglasses explode. So she escapes out the window, just saying, see around and leaves. Not with my sunglasses. Not with my sunglasses. And Leon yells Ada in a really hot voice. And, but, you know. It's fine. It's it's hot. It's a great scene. I definitely screamed when I first saw it. Squealy scream. So, <laughs> it was good. He has this gruff, like, Ada voice going on. <laughs> That's a pretty good... I know, that was really good. Right? Example, right? Yeah. It was good. I, I, my inner Leon S. Kennedy. So, <laughs> Leon Samantha Kennedy coming up here. Smith. <laughs> Smith. <laughs> the worst. So the next time they meet is um, quite a bit later in the game. Leon needs to get to this nearby island because that's apparently where Ashley's being held, I believe. And it is literally just like sitting on a boat on a dock and Leon walks to the door and she's just sitting there and she says, need a ride handsome? And he's like, but yes. (laughs) Yes, I do. So I will get in this boat with you. Why is this my life? And then as they're going, they're 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 going to the island on the boat, and she just pulls up to like the side of the cliff, and she is basically like, "Hey, I got some other business. I'm gonna leave you right here." <laughs> Shifts the boat into a different gear, shoots out her grappling hook, and as she leaves the boat, her foot comes off the gear, so the boat goes out of control, slamming Leon into the side of the cliff. He does manage to get a control of the boat before falling off the boat, and he just sighs and goes. And then Ada will randomly help you out throughout. This is one thing that Ada does, which is why it's like they're cute together because she has her own separate mission that is usually either completely opposite or just different. Like in, but she'll always help Leon out if she can, if she happens to be going by or knows he'll show up, like she'll leave him something, whatever it is. So you're like in a jail cell. Cause you got trapped at some point, And all of a sudden this like little fucking paper airplane comes <laughs> in the window and it's, a, it's in, a, it's a note and it's whatever it says on it. it has a cute little red lipstick kiss on it course and it helps you out and you'll randomly find these notes throughout that Ada will will leave you to help you figure out where you need to go nice all right so later on leon and jack krauser who is one of his like old war buddies or whatever are in a intense knife fight and leon is losing because jack is shot up with some lost plagas 
Jack is attempting to stab you through the chest and you're pressing A a whole lot to hope that you don't get stabbed through the chest. And Ada ends up shooting the knife away and they both sort of part. And then Ada starts clearly like shooting at him and being on Leon's side. So Jack's like, okay, well, even though I'm all lost plug, I sub two against one still isn't great. So I'm just going to go. And Leon's just like, what the fuck are you doing here, Ada? Like, what is going on? And she's just like, and walks away, leaves like like who she is. Catwoman energy. <laughs> yeah, one hundred percent. So Leon and uh, Leon finds Ashley again after losing her multiple times, mm. and this time he finds her, and he's confronted by Sadler, who's like the big boss of the cult of Los Bogus. And at one point in their little like battle. Sadler shoves Leon really, really hard. So he's like trying to get up because he has all the wind knocked out of him and everything. Ada shows up and is firing multiple rounds at him into the back. And this gives Leon enough time to get up, get Ashley and get the fuck out. Um, Sadler does mutate because of course he has lost Plagas in Mm -hmm. him. And he begins heading towards where Leon went. So Ada shoots um, Sadler with, well, she shoots a bunch of, like, red barrels that end up exploding. Nice. Of course, it doesn't mm. kill Sadler, but it does give Leon enough time to get away. So once again, Ada is saving his ass. Unfortunately for Ada, it didn't work out so well because the next time we see her, she is hanging outside. She's, like, tied up by a rope suspended above the ground. <sighs> Not great. Yep. So Leon ends up throwing a knife and getting the rope and it like falls down onto, she falls down onto like a tarp and like rolls away. This is where your final battle is. So you have to go through your final battle. Sadler has multiple mutations. And once again, good old Ada Wong, after you hit a certain point, throws you a rocket launcher and he fires the rocket launcher. He kills Sadler. He drops the sample of the Las Plagas, and once again, Ada holds a gun to Leon and is like, give me the fucking sample, Leon, mm-hmm. because that's why I'm here. So he hands it over to her, because this time he doesn't have like, a weapon to be like, I yep. also have a weapon on you. And like I used the rocket launcher, and now I'm And done. now I have no weapon. Mm-hmm. So she grabs the um, the sample and then holds up, like, a little detonator and pushes it. And, like, hey, this island's blowing up and, like, runs off the side and land- and jumps into a helicopter. All right. So he's all, like, you just... S- seriously? You, you just... You're blowing up the island. How the fuck am I supposed to get out? And she ends up tossing him a pair of keys to a jet ski. And I she's was going like, to say a pool float. <laughs> I don't really... You better kick real hard, Leon S. Kennedy. It's going to be a good time, my friend. (laughs) So she's like, hey, here's two pool noodles. Good fucking luck. She's like, hey, here you go. It has like a cute little teddy bear keychain on the fucking keys. And so you have to like get down and uh, get down to where the jet ski is. And you have to like go through and everything's exploding behind you. Fun. And so now they're like in the middle of the ocean on this fucking jet ski and the game is end is ended. But uh Ashley is has been flirting with you most of the time and she basically tries to like joke with Leon being like, Hey, 
She calls it overtime. You want to go do some overtime? And he's like, nah, one, you're the president's daughter and like 20 and I'm not into it. And then <laughs> she's, and she's like, I get it. I'm not surprised because clearly like there's something going on with you and that other woman. So what about this other woman? <laughs> hey, if you're not going to, uh, if you're not gonna go with me, let's if talk I'm about you. Not gonna fuck else. me. Please spill the tea. <laughs> and he responds with just, uh, "She's a part of me. I can't let go." And let's leave it at that. <laughs> so there was a movie together. They had the so Liam's been, I think, in two movies, and there was this the second movie he was in. Ada was in. Uh, they do much of the same dance. Leon's on a mission. Ada ends up showing up. She randomly appears at convenient times to help him. I haven't seen this movie, so mm. I don't 100% know. She flirts. He flirts. I, though this time, I don't think she throws him a rocket launcher. launcher. Instead, she, like, unlocks a door for him so yeah. she can es- so he can escape. And she doesn't point a gun at him at this time. So, you know, progress. Mm. Progress in the relationship. Yeah. And then last but not least, Resident Evil 6. So, once again, where there's Leon, there's usually Ada. In 2013, Leon and uh, uh, Helena Harper are partners on a mission to solve this tall oaks outbreak. I didn't super play Resident Evil 6. So, Deborah, which is someone they saved, who is apparently Helena's sister, she actually got shot up with whatever is mutating and outbreaking. So, she starts to mutate. Ada shows up and crossbows are right in the fucking head. Jesus. And this is the first time you see Ada. So they're like, whoa, what's happening? And then Leon looks over and sees Ada. And he she comments to her, it looks like you've seen a ghost. Because they haven't seen each other since 2004. So it's been nine years. Uh-huh. Um, Helen is pissed because she just shot her mutated sister. And then Leon so holds up a gun. And Leon's like, don't shoot Ada. <laughs> So Leon, after raising, lowering Helena's gun from shooting her, is like, what the fuck is going on, Ada? I know you know what's going on here. You always fucking know what's going on. And she just responds with, it's complicated. And then things start to, like, the shake and earthquakey. And she's like, this just isn't the time and the place for it. And Deborah comes back completely mutated. So they end up teaming up and fighting her off. And then Ada gives Leon a ring, says... Don't get the wrong idea, but this will make sense later. And then just leaves because she gets a call from a guy named Derek C. Simmons. Apparently also don't know his middle name, but they finally gave someone else the middle initial. So Leon wouldn't be weird. Um, But this is the personable personable person responsible for Deborah and the, uh, the U S president's death, which is apparently one of the reasons why they're here. So Leon's like, really Ada? And she's like, bye. (laughs) Anti-hero over here. Who's going to give me the most money. Okay. Okay. So once again, there's a few scenes where Ada pops up, helps Leon leaves as she does. Love her so much for it. And then at one point, Helena, closer to the end, essentially just be, ends up asking Leon, she's more than a friend, isn't she? You have feelings for her. And Leon doesn't say anything, but just gives her a small smile. 
not long after that, Leon and Helena spot Simmons, and at this point, Ada realizes she can't, anti-hero, but also sort of has a conscience, and so she's like, you're, you're not, you're a bad person, so she, they're battling on a bridge, um, Simmons hits Ada down real hard, and she actually gets knocked out, and Leon essentially rushes over to her, jumps down a few things, gets on the spry, spry bridge, <laughs> sky bridge, cradles her in his arms and is like, if you're really fucking Ada Wong, you're going to get through this because this is what we both fucking do. Simmons is preparing to attack both of them. Leon is sheltering uh, Ada's body with his body. This is where Ada wakes up and is just, and says a comment of something like, I'm just resting my eyes. I'm fine. We're good. And he's like, really? Right now? This is what we're doing? So they both stand up. They both shake it off. And there is a little battle. And when the battle is done, Ada pieces out again. <laughs> as she does. Hey. Probably grabbing whatever she needs yeah. as she does. And she's like leaving without really saying anything. Leon yells Ada, but she just keeps going. Though so she does send them a little text and says, hey, I left you a present on the roof. So... They go up to the roof. (laughs) Leon and Helena go up to the roof and there is a helicopter waiting for them. And Ada left them a helicopter to get out of off the island or wherever they are. There is also a rocket launcher. And guess what that rocket launcher is for? To find actually kill Simmons because you didn't actually defeat him for good for the last time. Shocking. Ada just pulls these things out of her ass, apparently. Mm And also inside the helicopter as they're escaping, Ada also left a compact with a chip, which is all the evidence proving that Leon and Helena were innocent because Simmons, that Simmons, Simmons was trying to take them, make them take the fall for the president's death. Eh. So this is where they stand. Um, there's been newer games, but they like went on like a completely different like plot line with Resident Evil, which they needed to because it was so old and need- it was overdone. Yeah. My my theory, they both retired and they're just enjoying their life together on mm-hmm. some tropical island because they've both been through so much shit. They both probably have a lot of money. Ada definitely has a lot of money, and they're over it. And that is Leon and Ada, who's not completely canon as an official couple but essentially canon yeah (laughs) they're essentially canon (laughs) and that is that so those are our couples couples maybe not specifically our favorites but some of our tops some Mm -hmm. that mean a lot to us yeah a little late for our valentine's day but it's fine yeah everything's fine all right so here we go um make sure you can find us Apple Podcasts, where you can rate, review, and subscribe, which we would super appreciate. You can also find us on Spotify. And on the ESO Network and on Podbean. And as always, you can also always email us up if you want us. It's just, but first, let's talk nerdy at yahoo.com. And of course, follow us. Yeah, check out our Instagram. On Instagram. Otherwise, we will see you some Tuesday. Sman. 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 Sman.
This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping for the Tee Public Store, which can all be found at esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek.